0: Yo, it's Chad Powers with Powers Bike Shop. I bet you would like to own a fit Van Holman stem. Here's how you do it make sure you like the Powers Bike Shop Instagram page. I'm going to post the BMX in Your Blood podcast picture with Van Holman. I need you to tag a friend in the comments below and I'll randomly pick a winner. Now, on to the actual real interview with mr van Holmen himself
1: like in a month's time right i'm going to mexico argentina australia and japan (laughs) like all in a month's time (laughs) god
2: wow uh, welcome to the bmx nerd blood i appreciate it thanks for having me no problem i'm definitely making you juggle i apologize it's uh I know you're on kind of a fast track here, which we can get into no, happy later. To happy to hang out in the garage and drink some beers and yeah. talk for a couple. Oh hours. yeah, perfect. So, just to cover the basics, we want everyone's. You're you're really well documented, just like Brian Foster was when I interviewed him. So it's like who if people? Yeah. Bf. B, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar. Oh uh, yeah, he's this guy. <laughs> I don't know. He's like some. It's weird. He's a doctor but sometimes he rides around this bowl. Oh, Dr. Foster. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah. there used to be two Dr. Foster, or one Dr. Foster, now there's two. But uh, yeah, him, that guy. I'll introduce you sometime. Thank you. It's <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, with the documentary on him, and I know I've read a lot of interviews with you, plus I'm... How do you mean? What kind of? like a, Kind of like a documentary. Like No, never, like
1: a, no never a documentary. Of any, not like a full no, beginning
2: not. to end. Not like a BF it type thing. Yeah. The early stuff I think most people most people know, like up to like at least up to like the Schwinn days. Although it's always funny to talk about when you were first racing, which is when I knew of you, because you're you're thirty eight. Mm-hmm. I think I already asked that. I'm forty eight, so you were younger than me, but I knew who you were and I would watch your we'd all watch everybody, you know. So I always think of, of course, Ace. It was probably your first team, right? Right. Ace Products. Yep, Ace Products. Andy Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was through Andy Curry, through the shop? Or was that his actual
1: team? No, that was Andy Andy Curry who did, like, Chippendale Bike Shop. And that's where I would go all the time to get parts and what have you. He was, like, the local vendor at the track and super good guy. And then, um, yeah, like, he also did the company Ace Products, which was, like, his brand. And that's, so that was, like, my first kind of sponsor kind of like a sort of a bike company but sort of just a shop sponsor and yeah. you know he would just give me discounts um on parts and help with some entry fees sometimes and oh, okay yeah. so it was just you know
2: small little local right local right shop team sponsor yeah which is perfect for what, were you, what you were doing back in the yeah. day because that oh. was when you were like 14 15, yeah yeah like, maybe 16 yeah about. around there yeah is that about when it's when you stopped racing, was 16? I think so.
1: last year I raced was set like 17. Okay. I don't think I finished 17 season. Like okay. I think the last season I finished was 16 expert. Oh, okay. And then I started racing 17, and I just kind of halfway through the season just kind of was over it, just yeah, doing yeah. Th- jumping contests and yeah. riding trails and parks and street.
2: Which would have been late 90s, right? Yeah, like 97, 98, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so some, some more mid. Yeah, those contests were getting... getting really good at that time you know far cry from where we started with them which was like i always talk about the the only two that i ever did but when it was kind of in its infancy and they would let they would let you do it at an nbl like columbus or the grands and um it was fun like it but it was off like the tabletop and the second straight or something. Yeah, no, that was just, you know, that was obviously just the beginning of things. I think back then it was a little
1: different. Like, you didn't have as, like, all the disciplines weren't as divided. So you kind of, most people that rode trails, raced, and vice versa, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't as separate. So the dirt jumping contest at the races made total sense back then. And I think it's just, that's what you did. You, You went to the races, but then during the week you, he wanted something to ride and yeah. he built and he rode trails and then obviously trails got bigger and better and yep. grew into like
2: you know what modern day trail riding is but it was, it was a bit different back then for sure. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I, w- I was pretty shocked when I saw it for the first time after I'd stopped for all those years from 98 to 14 because the evolution of trails was crazy. Like it was already impressive enough what people were building out on Long Island or or you know Drexelbrook or posh the old old posh even in Caddy, I don't even think it was around then and during the old posh days,
1: I don't think. Nah, it would have been like nom but even Nam wasn't as old
2: as Dave King's, King's place. Yeah. 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 Dave's <laughs> awesome, by the way. Obviously, you know him well enough. You probably see him at all the, any, excuse me, some some events. I feel, like we're, put, events. I feel like we're putting people to sleep right now talking about, talking mm-hmm. about, Oh, trails that, in the '90s. <laughs> that, yeah, if we go too far into it, it'll definitely put them to sleep. But uh, but yeah, it's you know it's it's interesting. But I think you said it best. You know, BMX is diversified now. There's so many separate not genres but um, disciplines of BMX now. It's they some of them cross, but not not many. Yeah. I don't think it's 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 good and bad. You know, I think
1: it's. So yeah, that I, that could kind of lead us into an interesting conversation. Like, cause I I think it's good and bad because um, in one regard, it's like progression has just happened so rapidly now that that's the way it, it kind of happens. You figure out like what you're really into riding, what you really excel at, and then you know you have. It's not just like everybody rides the same thing, which is cool, but it's also a little depressing because like a lot of times not everyone gets into like the same venue or the same arena or like like jams and things are like more separate. It's like, Oh, this is like a trail jam. This is a street jam. This is a, now it's even gotten to the point where like, even like quote park riders are like, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the bowl riders or like the box jump riders. It's like these, like, which is again, it's like good and bad. It's like, it's great that there's separate events mm-hmm. for everybody at the moment. Like no matter what you're into riding, I feel like there's something for you, which is amazing. Um, But then it's also sad because not everybody always gets together or like connects, Um, you know, but that's part of what I think is so great about like, you know, the Battle Hastings event that we were just at last weekend. And, you know, you have like street riders and park riders of like all different styles and different and everybody's in that same arena and that venue just is amazing. But then, you know, then on the, the flip side of that, like something that I see as a negative is like. You know, for you know, Norcup, they were like announcing like the nominees, uh-huh. and you know they they say Dennis Anderson, everybody lose their mind. They say like all the names, right. and you know everybody lose their mind. And then like they said Logan Martin's name, and like the whole place was just quiet. And then like really? one one person even booed, and I was Whoa. like, and I got like pretty bummed on that because like to me it's like like the opposite of what I mean unless you have like some specific reason to personally have a problem sure. with that guy. Like yeah. there's no reason to be booing. Like I get it. Like at that event, there's probably like it's not exactly his click or whatever. But like at right. the same time, there's no reason to have anything against him. And I think that's kind of um, brings up an interesting point because we I got into a conversation with a couple guys sort of about it and how mm-hmm. like I mean regardless, unless you like really dislike someone for a specific reason, mm-hmm. booing somebody is just lame. Yeah, not cool. You know so. Um, You don't have to like their riding, you don't have to, you know, because sometimes, like, you know, it's not necessarily, like, what might be my favorite, and what I might, but I might respect something, even though it might not be my favorite style, I still can have respect for, like, sure, how that person rides, or what they're capable of doing, and, and, um, so anyway, um, I didn't even know that happened. Uh, it's, I mean, it was subtle, it was, you know, sure. it was just, no one's gonna pick up on that, it was kind of, like, just a thing that happened, but okay. it, it, it kind of bugged me, and um, I brought up a point. Uh, I got into a good conversation with a couple of guys later on, and it was just mm-hmm. saying how like I thought that was kind of a bummer and kind of lame. And we got into yeah. a, a good a good chat, and I was like, man, I was like, you know, it's kind of crazy because if you think back, mm-hmm. like, that's kind of how maybe Ryan Nyquist was viewed at one point. Yeah. And like, oh, he's the he's the contest guy. He's the trick guy. He does too many bar spins. This and that. Blah blah. blah. Even like going yeah. back to the '90s trails, got right. like vibed out of like a set of trails because he's the freestyle dude. Yeah. And now like. Everybody loves Ryan. He's the man. And he is the man. He is. He is the man. But yeah. like, and he always was the man. But it's funny that just him having a different style of riding or not being in a certain clique had people kind of like looking at him like, whatever, you're not one of yeah. us at a, at a point in time. Yeah. And and then, you know, someone, one of the people I was talking to brought up a good point and they said, um, well, you know, but he like, he made, he made an effort to like bridge that gap, you know, like he went on like that mega tour. With fbm and blah 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 I'm like mm-hmm. i was like well hold up you're you're right but he accepted the opportunity to bridge that gap steve crandall bridged that gap right. steve crandall said you know what ryan nyquist is like us he's one of us i'm gonna invite you on this trip to come nice. to come ride with us and at the time i remember people being like whoa that's kind of like that's kind of a little bit like different you know no yeah. one expected that no one expected Back then, for the FBM crew to invite Ryan Nyquist to come on the right. road trip with them, but right. they did, right. and and it, I think that started like a new era of being like, like a oneness, you know. And it I is. think like so when I see like when I see like divides happening within BMX, it mm-hmm. just bums me out because yeah. it's like you can there can be a lot of different things happening, and you can be into whatever you're into, but I'd like to think that you can still respect the other. The other worlds you right. know or at least um and at least even if you don't respect the style of riding right at least respect the human until they prove that they're <laughs> not you know not just like yeah. not just like hating on someone because they don't ride a bike like you. Right. that's like right i'm not into that
2: you know no. so no one should be and he is doing an awesome job um ryan is oh yeah as far as Logan. In- mean I think he could kill anything like he just he's yeah. such an amazing oh, bike amazing race. amazing bike rider and I mean
1: I don't know him well on a personal level i mean i've I've had a few com- brief conversations and you know so I don't know him i mean i've never had any he seems like nothing but a nice guy any right. any experience I've ever had with him but yeah. you know it's not like this is my body where I'm sitting here like standing up I'm just yeah. standing up for the fact that like we should all be should be like a togetherness here like we shouldn't be like working against each other, hating on each other for absolutely no precedented
2: reason, you know, so. Thank God you feel that way and you're, you're being proactive about it and among your friends because you guys have the power to kind of make that trickle down I think um, however you choose to do it, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been I think since I came back, I think that was the toughest thing and I've said this a couple of times in these in these podcasts that it's everything's so divided there's you know racing trail street park whatever and then you get into to big bikes and you've got people that ride both 20 inch bikes and but they'll go to whistler and do you know a big bike contest there you know it's but again it's also great
1: in a way that like that we're in a time where like there's so many events happening right now like yeah. sometimes when people get like on some nostalgic kick and like talking about how like it was better back then or blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's like, yeah, it was cool, but it's cool now too. You know, there's, and like maybe the industry isn't as strong. I don't know. But like, Mm -hmm. as far as being a participant, there's so much happening right now. And you know, whatever you're into, whether it's a small jam or you want to go to the Olympics or anywhere in between, like there's something, there's something to, be part of and participate in and you know like you know i think like i like to think like i'm actually in kind of a unique position um where i feel like i i go to more events than most and i also go to more diverse events than most you know like i'll be at anything from you know like i'll go ride in a van's regional qualifier and then i'll be i'll be judging a feast contest i'll be at x games i'll be at an FBM jam, I'll be at your jams, right. you know, I'll be at, you know, anything I can be at, I want to be there, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, I want to, I want to participate, right. and be a part of all these things, like in any way that I can, whether it's, I just, I like just love BMX, so I like, take, try to take advantage of all these opportunities, and like, yeah. work hard, and try to figure out my angle, like, hey, where do I fit into this event, like, yeah. oh cool, I'm gonna ride in this one, oh, cool, I get to judge this one. Oh, wait, this... And even, like, putting on our own events. Like, mm-hmm. me and Kaczynski, like, putting on the Uncovered series this year. It's like, oh, this is kind of missing in BMX. Let's create it. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, so...
2: Yeah, I hope more people
1: do that. It's... it's I think uh, people are, you know, like Trey Jones doing sure. Swamp Fest. And then, you know, everybody using... I think pros are really stepping up and using their resources. Like, even even someone like Chase Hawk, like, putting on his, his events. And, like, you know, he kind of has... Um, You know, he has resources at his disposal with his sponsors and and his network. So he's able to, like, that's just one more event that's happening in BMX. And then Trey Jones just out there sweating his ass off for weeks in the Florida sun so that, (laughs) you know, we can have, like, an amazing event. Yeah. um, You know, everybody's just... I think people are stepping up, you know? You, Crandall. I think... And then, then like, on the reverse side of that, then there's opportunities happening on the bigger scale, you know? So it's like... um, and open entry events, which I think is a huge thing. We're seeing a lot more like the Vans events, the Fees mm-hmm. events. Like anybody can enter those events. Like there's a chance for you if you want to be part of it, right. you can be part of it and you can, you can qualify for, for the next round or the next event or right. whatever it is. So like I just, I love that. Like not excluding people. It's like, I feel like there was a, a, a brief stint like a handful of years ago where it's like if you weren't one of the best 12 riders in the world, there was no events for you to ride in. You know it was kind of like one end of the spectrum or the other. It was either like you're riding in the X games or you're you're you can go ride with your buddies at your local spot. like yeah. there was nothing like to bring the people together. and I think a lot of people saw that on both us, like a small scale where guys like you know myself and Trey Jones and Crandall and you like stepped up and filled that void, but then even on like the bigger scale where like you know, events like the vans events and fees events are like,
2: oh, we should, you know, everyone needs to be able to participate in this. We can't like, yeah, we get that. I th- I think, we've we've got the right people in place for for those events too because. On the women's side, Nina, and then as far as the the fees and qualifiers and and Olympics and all that. I don't know that part seems good to me and you're you're a little closer to it than I am but do you think that that um, the feelings about that from like say Matt Hoffman are, are starting to die down a little bit is that starting to settle in a bit? Um, I think that um, you know I
1: think it's interesting you bring up the thing with Matt because um, you know we're, we're good friends and like we don't necessarily see eye to eye on that situation but we've we've talked about it and I think that at the end of the day, like we respect each other because we both understand that we have a common goal to make BMX as good as it can be. And mm-hmm. we might not agree on every way, like how to get that done but, or, what, or what is good for BMX, but sure. we, we agree that that's our goal. And I think that like in that spirit, like even if we're not working together on every single detail or every single project, We're not working against each other either. We respect each other enough. It's like, it's almost weird, like, because when that whole thing kind of happened, it was like, oh, man, this is a little weird, like, and for me, it was like a realization, almost like, like, when you realize that, like, your parents are human beings, and you kind of go, like, whoa, I don't, I don't agree with you, Mm -hmm. but I love you, and I respect you, right, like, regardless, you know, so, like, and I think being able to do that, and understanding that, like, you're both trying to work for the greater good, you just might not agree on just one detail of how to get there, I think that's okay, you know? And I think if you can have that, that mutual respect and keep working towards positive things, it's, it's better for the, the yeah. whole scenario, you know? Because, again, we don't need to build, we don't need to put up walls and barriers between, like, this event or that event or this person or that person. Um, you know, I think it's all positive, positive things, and I don't think, like, any one event... Defines what BMX is, you know. Yeah. I think it's just, it's creating. The more events that are happening, the more opportunities that are being created, and I think that's happening across the board right now with, with. Just every with everything that's yeah. going on, you
2: know. So I think it's it's hard, uh, for me anyone to co- anyway to come back after a period of time, and. I, I want everyone. You know, in my mind I don't I don't say anything, but I just I want to see that everyone appreciates everybody else, just like you're saying, and see more crossover. I mean it's I guess it's the events, it's the contests that that are I don't know, I I'm not sure people completely understand them. Like there's the there's feasts, there's Olympics. I think there was some gray area there and people, it was easier to, to say, oh, this is all screwed up than it is to just let things.
1: Right. And I mean, it's to me, it's one of those things if you're into it, you're into it. If you're right. not, there's a lot of other things happening. You know, this, right. like I don't think, I think this is creating an opportunity for jobs in the industry. It's it's creating an opportunity to expose it to, to riders. You know, like those guys who grew up watching Dave Mirror ride in the X Games that are some of the best street riders in the world right now. And I yeah. I think it's interesting too, like something that I kind of, kind of thought about like, you know, with a lot of the controversy, and again, like, I get it, of course. When like, if you can control things from the grassroots, like, that's great. Mm -hmm. But sometimes opportunities present themselves that come with certain attachments, you know. Like, and it's like when ESPN stepped in and said, "Hey, Mm -hmm. we're going to do the X Games." People were like, "Oh, football players are taking over our sport." I mean, you lived it; you were there. Like, you were there, like, throwing dirt bombs at the cameras on the infield, and like does anyone have a negative thing to say about the X Games in 2018? Like, of course not. Heck you know, no. it, was a, it was a great thing. So I think then when you have something like, you know, with what's going on with the, with the Olympics, it's like, it's new. It's new. And people are scared of new, they're scared of change. And I think that... Um,
2: I don't see how it can negatively affect anyone.
1: Yeah, or I, the sport in general. That's the way I look at it. It's just another set of opportunities mm-hmm. because it's not going to change. If you want to put on your own event, your own jam, you do it. It doesn't yeah. change that. It doesn't. To me, it's just one more thing happening, mm-hmm. and it's it's not like it doesn't define us. It doesn't define our sport. It just, um, you know, you want to do it right. It needs right. to be done right. And like you said, I think they're doing a good job of bringing in the right people and mm-hmm. listening to those people, and and you know, with with like the Federation's getting involved, it's creating op- great opportunities for the riders. You know, I think one of the biggest thing is for the the women's freestyle scene. I mean, now you have you have women being able to travel to all these events that like, no one was gonna pay their way to yeah. to go to these events before. And some of them even making salaries from their federations and like, they, now they're able yeah. to be professional bike riders. And like, how cool is that, you know? So um, then you got guys like Rob Darden over in China, like mm-hmm. with the, like, A coaching gig and it's just like for the Chinese. Yeah, Yeah. nice. Yeah, I didn't know that so, you know, and then You know, obviously like I'm sure I guess this is a perfect segue is like I'm actually moving to Japan at the end of October um, to help with my my title will be a BMX freestyle sport manager for the uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympics, so I'll just be um, the like the general purpose of me being there is so that things that are common sense to a BMXer don't get screwed up by people that don't know anything. Right. Um, and they're asking for your help. Yeah. So I'm so, going to be moving over there and live in Tokyo for, for two years. So, um, that's the deal. It's until the Olympics are over, just it right. through. So I'm really excited. You know, it's once, once in a lifetime opportunity. And it's also the timing for me is so great, like, because. You know, you get to that point. I'm a thirty eight year old professional extra and you're kinda mm-hmm. trying to figure out like that next step, you know, and it's like, you know, your your buddy has a wood shop that he can get you in full time, or your mom's like, oh, I could get you a job at the power plant, and you're just like you just like you're you're so passionate about what you do, you're like, I don't I don't wanna do this. Like I wanna figure out like I've you wanna feel like in a way it was all for something. Like, obviously no matter what, you had a good time, you had a blast, you had a but like, it's like, you want it to lead to something like, oh, you don't want to just be like, okay, now that's over, now I'm going to go work at the, at the power plant. You know, you kind of want to feel like, it all meant something. And now like, having the opportunity to like, go over to Tokyo, and just, be able to be part of this, and also just experience like, a whole nother culture, and, you know, meet riders, and explore a new city, and, it's just like having that opportunity to me is like huge, and the timing is so great. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited.
2: I'm looking yeah. forward to it, you know. So, man, um, that that I'm so happy that that is where you're going and that's what you're doing, right? I I was I was really afraid you were going to say, yeah, I'm actually hanging it up in this where I'm just going to go hang chill for a few years, and you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'll be involved. And I'm kind of segueing into something else maybe now hearing that it's because you're becoming part of the process I'm even more psyched for you I was psyched for you anyway because I think it takes a lot of guts it takes um, a lot of a lot of hard work to, to make everything basically be okay for the two years that you're had now and learning about the culture which I think is the most awesome part of it I had no idea that's what it was gonna be, so that's really cool. I'm really super happy that that's what's going on. I guess the hardest part for me is gonna have to be like missing
1: out on a lot of things. Like there's, you know, like obviously I'm gonna have responsibilities there and I'm gonna be far away. So like I'm gonna have to miss and turn down a lot of opportunities that I would probably like to be part of. But you know, that's a trade off. It's also what an opportunity. And I mean, to be blunt too, I mean, to actually have a steady income for a change sure. is be nice too. like, you know, I mean, I get that like, that's not the cool discussion to be like, Oh, I'm doing I mean, it for the what? money and like, I, I'm not doing it. But I, I, told I, you I just I don't want drama, but I will tell you, I just want to survive. I want to survive. Everyone's
2: allergic to making money and being, <laughs> I have no idea
1: freaking why. I mean, it, and I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that's not like what solely drives me. I mean, no. I was very proud like this, this year, like there was. There was an event in Saudi Arabia that I got asked yeah. to the judge. There was something going on in Texas. That I guess to judge the same weekend, and I was in, I was in Milwaukee putting on an amateur contest for no money at all. Yes. You know, like and I mean, yeah. it's so it's not like I'm totally money driven, but we all sure. have to like survive at the same time. So to have an offer, for a job based around something I love is
2: is huge. You know, and it's like, um, and it's hard to come by. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to come by. That's uh yeah there's no shame in actually getting paid for you know as a guy that has a lot of experience and that can actually help he can fulfill the requirements of the job which yeah is, which is you so well, and that and that was kind of the thing too. you also
1: have to realize like okay, like you've been around forever, like you've paid your dues you you've worked hard you you love it, you give back when you can, like sure. and you kind of have to look at things like like I did a consulting thing for a one of the federations a handful of months ago and it Mm -hmm. was like the original offer was like a little bit kind of like I was a shy, like, you know, (laughs) you know, and I was like, Can we get the five
2: digits instead of four?
1: and And I was like, there's a lot of things that I do for the love. Like I just drove out to the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, bought a diving board, drove it to Pittsburgh and spent days building, building an obstacle. Like Out of a diving board because I had this vision. I wanted to see this. And, like, okay, that's the things I do because I love BMX. I don't do a consulting gig for a major nation, like, out of the goodness of my heart. This is where all that passion, hard work, and knowledge finally pays off a little bit. We're like, oh, okay, cool. Now I can, like, this is happening. Yeah, you know, so it's like, you have to know, too. You like, there's one thing to, like, love it, but you also have to draw that line where, like, um, well, now this is where I finally.
2: Kind of yeah, can survive. <laughs> I can yeah, good. I can good for you that you were uh, you were selected and you had to prove yourself too. I mean, you had to to I'm sure you had to meet with yeah whoever's going to. Well, improve. they understand. I mean, the people I was working with were like
1: very like they're great people that I, I they're good friends know. with. They know like you know I was like hey man and they're like okay yeah let me see what we can do you know like All right, so you, you know it's then, not
2: like you had to go through and give a resume and prove to prove yeah to them. no
1: they they knew I just kind of gave them a look like. Uh, no, like okay, yeah. Let me
2: let me let me talk to someone. I mean, really, you are talking about someone that's got twenty five years plus experience, right? Yeah, and I mean, again, I'm not trying to like. You just you're just
1: trying to get the fair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. we're all working together here, and like mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things that I think is awesome about like where me and Matt are at right now is like we you know, like, when all that stuff happened with the UCI and stuff, like, we had a a conversation, I got on the phone with him, we had a talk, and then even when X Games stuff came up, he's, like, called me up, he's like, hey, man, like, I know I have my, like, issues with the UCI, and, Mm -hmm. like, but, you know, I think that, like, really appreciate what you do for us, and I think I need to set that aside for the good of the event, for the good of our friendship, and, like, you know, he, like, he could put that aside, like, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I think that's important, and I think that said a lot for his character, you know, to be able to, to as strongly as he feels yeah against it he was able to like say okay that's that's a
2: separate chapter you know like and yeah. and i think that's important to mention like so this is a big new chapter so when you go for 2 years you're still riding for fit mhm and i uh, i forget your other sponsors i apologize yeah no so i i ride for um i ride for fit duo G
1: sport and bell helmets Oh, okay um, and you know they all like I think they're all excited for this new chapter I mean I think at this point um, you know I've been part of the brands I'm with especially fit for a really long time now and I think um, you know they realize that I'm just like I'm just active you know I'm just I'm part of BMX I want to be regardless of what my role is I I want to be there. I wanna experience it and you know, like I'm gonna even if I go somewhere to for another role, I'm still gonna ride. I'm still gonna be on my bike and that's one of the things I'm excited about. Like I've kinda of been like ever since I did my real BMX part um a couple years ago, I kinda of got a little burnout on the street and I just my body is just like not handling it well and I just like was but now like going over to Tokyo, I'm it's rekindled my excitement for street because I just it's more gonna be more about the spots, like than doing some crazy gap to rail or whatever. Like I just can't wait to explore that city and know that you could go around any corner and just see some ridiculous thing that you've never seen before. And like you know, when you're over here, it's like if something's really crazy, like it's either gonna be in a really bad area or it's gonna already be skate stopped or it's gonna have crazy security or it's been in a hundred videos already and you've seen every trick possible done on it. Like this is like a new, like just explore stuff and be like holy shit look at this thing and like no one's ever touched it before like so i can't wait for that so it's kind of like going over to japan it's gonna like it's definitely gonna rekindle
2: it's that wide like open that huh open. as far as uh, as far as undiscovered yeah
1: you know it's just open. there's not as i mean there's a good scene over there but you don't there's
2: yeah there's just not as much it's not all blown out like over here you know yeah. and it's also yeah. like yeah so yeah not to pick on california but sometimes they read about you know people going to a spot that everybody knows the spot there's only so many spots left that I'm I'm happy that's where you're heading I'm happy the sponsors are uh, supporting you in doing that Yeah which... I feel good about that I mean, especially FIT, you know it's like they have great
1: distribution over there and like uh, there's you know a guy on the pro team Yumi that's like from from
2: oh yeah Japan so it's right. it's perfect
1: man like just cuz like it's I think it's I think it's, it's exciting it's a great opportunity to do some new things. And, and I don't think anybody, uh, I'm, I'm psyched that they're all still seem down to continue to support. And I mean, of course in time, this is like a bit of a transition, but I, you know, the brands I ride for it's, it's great because even as things transition, it's like, I'm like, they're down for me, they're down to help me and I want to continue on with them. And sure. it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's good. It's great. Like when you've been part of a brand that
2: many years, it's like, just yeah.
1: keep doing your thing.
2: It has been a while since was was that your was uh did did you go right from from Schwinn to fit yep yeah really So you you've, for the majority of your life have had basically two sponsors is that right um well I'm sorry bike sponsors yeah yeah yeah
1: so no I went yeah so I was my first real bike sponsor was was Schwinn and then um yeah, it went from there to Fit, and that's the only two brands I've ever ridden for, as
2: far as bike bike sponsors. That's amazing. You realize in the private sector, like people don't have that much. Yeah, do you know, keep two jobs for that many. You know. No, it's awesome. Man. like the the jobs.
1: support that like I've had from Fit for so many years. That's so mm-hmm. rare. You know, like it's it has to be one of the like my relationship with them has to be one of like the longest standing sponsorships. Like other maybe like Nyquist with you Chimero, know like or, but like yeah there's. Yeah can't be too many like um well that speaks so a lot feel, about you i feel lucky to to be able to work with you know chris and a brand that like just has had my back for that long and just continues to like right. work with me and support me and you know and they see what i'm doing they see that like again like i don't have to be the most cutting edge obviously a lot's changed from the from day one that i got on the brand but they see that i'm still a participant you know i'm still like active in BMX. i still I still ride my bike. I still want to be at all the events I can be at. Like, uh, so how does this work
2: when we need to go to the fridge to get a beer? Just go get her fridge. Go get, to the fridge. Do we pause two, this? We get two beers. Do we pause this? Yeah, I or just edit it out, or maybe I'll just leave it so people can hear it. Hey, <laughs> get jealous now. <laughs> you know. Thank you. So I need to. I need to mention. Uh, thank you. Power stepped up in our are sponsoring this podcast, so I wanted to take a take a minute to. I forgot to do it at the beginning because, like I tell everyone, I just like doing this. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I just like doing it. But uh, powers, power stepped up, and I think Chad's a, a guy that's really invested in BMX, only mm-hmm. BMX. And I love the fact that he opens up a lot for Steve, for Crandall, and... I just think he's thrown support in all different areas of BMX, which is oh, yeah. which is really rad. So no power isn't Chad.
1: He's like, I mean, he's the same way. He just has he loves it, you know. Like he loves BMX, you know. And the, so he has his shop, and he's a bike collector, and he puts on events at his shop, and he welcomes other people to put on events at his shop, and like, you know, he's he gives back what he can, he participates what he can, and I think that's that's what like is so great about BMX in general. It's like, it's still small, you know? Like, to us, it seems like the world revolves around it, but, like, BMX is still, like, a small, pretty tight community, and, like, mm-hmm. I think having people step up in all these little ways adds up to, to make this community, like, just bigger and
2: better, and it's, it's like, it's it's a huge deal. It is, and he's definitely working hard to make it work, and I, I think he... He reps a, a lot, or sells a, a lot of good brands. He just, uh, and he just works hard. He works exactly. really, Exactly He gets really, his hands really dirty, hard. and
1: I think that's important. Like, you know, I think a lot of people don't want to get their hands dirty. You know, it's like, you know, again, we all need to make a living, but like, I think some people, unless like, you know, somebody hands them a big pile of money, they're not going to do anything, but like grab a hammer, build a ramp, you know, like, you know, it's like, yeah do what you can, you know, and it, whether it's small or big, like do what you can. Mm-hmm. It can be, it could be the little, the mo- most minor thing. It could be the most major thing. You know, I'm right. not saying everybody has to, you know, change, change the world, but right. I think it's, it's like a lot of people like to just complain or be negative, And it's, yeah. it's like, well, then, yeah. then, then do something just do, do your part, Con- contribute right. in your way. Like, and again, it doesn't have to be like, not saying you need to go put on whatever, like the hugest thing, but just
2: Yeah. That's definitely been a recurring conversation in these podcasts. Everyone wants exactly that. Just everybody do their part at whatever level. Um and I, I do believe that's happening. I mean, look at women's weekend at Posh and Caddy yeah. coming up. That's yeah. you know, now you're starting to get, you know, the East Coast women really involved and so they're doing their thing and oh by the way I gotta the stuff for tearing up, men are allowed at the mm-hmm. <laughs> at the women's weekend gym. I just had to get that out there, mm-hmm. so when people hear this, they know, oh, I can go. um It's all—it's oh, never been anything but that. But Man. it's really cool what they're doing. I mean, that's just another example. I guess uh, that's like to another topic on it. Man,
1: it's so fun, like watching the women's scene grow. Like, yeah. it's the past couple years. I feel like it's gone from. know it's kind of a bit like idle for a while like just kind of like in this place for a long time and I just feel like the progression that's happened the past couple years in the women's scene and then like I think the positive influences that are happening like there's so many talented women all over the world now Mm -hmm. that like younger women have role models now so like they have somebody to look up to like the same way we did like it was like oh you were like oh you were into Taj like Oh, and that guy's into Mira, like yeah. you know. It's like okay, like Hannah Roberts, my favorite rider, and then like someone else might be like, oh, Angie Marino is my favorite rider, or like mm-hmm. you know. And there's there's like so many different like styles, both in riding and in personality, like there has been with men's riding for years, but now because that's happening on the higher level, uh-huh. the, the younger the younger women say, oh, it is cool to be a, a female BMXer, yeah, like. And they have someone to look up to, mm-hmm. so I think that's pretty pretty awesome. And I think because of that, you're gonna like see it grow even faster. I now. think so too. Especially it's
2: snowballing fast, like especially with with vans, of course, and then Olympics and feasts and I mean, they're they're part of all those, right? Am I mistaken? Man? What's that? Uh, the women are part of all those events. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both um, both like vans and feasts are like
1: you know, I mean, last year with the, with the, um, UCI World Cup, it was like the first, first event to have equal pay yeah. for, for the women's yeah. purse, um, which is pretty huge. Um, mm-hmm. and now I think Vans did an event with equal pay. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's amazing, you know, like it's, right.
2: they're all, they're stepping up and. Yeah. And hopefully that attracts more people that like you said, that are huge fans of Angie or Nina or, or you yeah. know whoever. That's that's awesome. But I've been really, I've paid a lot of attention to it and 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 tried to give them um, whatever voice I can on the podcast and promote their events. But they're they're ripping. Like I'll be there next weekend and it's they're just doing such a great job. And I only see it on the East Coast. You see more of it than I do, but. Those are two major clusters, like the Northeast and Poshcati. Yeah, There's there's a lot of women. But it's worldwide, too, you know? I mean, there's, like,
1: when I go to these, the Feast events, you see so many riders from all over the world, you know? Like, yeah, like this girl, Lisa from Russia, and then Maka Perez is, like, one of the, she's from Chile, she's one of, like, the best riders right now. And then you really? got Charlotte Worthington over in the UK just crushing it. And, like, you know, there's, like, girls from all over the world just, like, come together at these events and are just smat, you know just smashing his like that's awesome and the, the level is just it's it's honestly i kind of enjoy watching it more than the men's because like the progression is so rapid from one event to the next you know and you're kind yeah. of like well what's gonna happen yeah yeah and that's kind of what's fun about those events in general like uh-huh. sometimes i feel like i almost get like it's like because it's like a point series and a points chase and like mm-hmm it gets sort of exciting to watch like yeah. from, from event to event like oh who's, who's gonna who's, who's got this you know and like so yeah, it's almost like yeah it's really fun that's what I love too about like the live feeds now like every event has a live feed like yeah. you know I'm at a lot of these events I'm judging a lot of these events and then like you know the, the, la- the like Huntington Beach contest uh, right. the Vance contest I was like able to just like sit on my couch and watch that like I'm watching a baseball game or yeah. something just grab a beer like, and people right. are like because I judge like, people are like oh what you, do you think of judging I was like I think it was great I, I watched it like yeah. a fan not like a judge you know that's like yeah. a different mindset you know like your brain has to like zero in on and nitpick so many details when you're judging yeah. and to be able to just watch an event for fun and not do that, it's like right. I embrace that. So when someone's like, Oh, what'd you think of the judging? I'm like, I think I didn't watch it like a judge, I think I watched it like a fan. <laughs> right, you know? Right. And in a way that's even kind of fun, but just in a joking manner, because you obviously know like how hard it is and what it's like, but in a joking manner you can be right. like like
2: like "Ah, oh, I got ripped off <laughs> oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> You know, it, it's it's funny that you brought that up because uh, Ground Chuck sent me a question for you on riding in a contest or judging, which is more which is more stressful. Cool. Um, which I think that's a good question. Yeah, so, which is more
1: it. stressful? Um, yeah, I mean, probably like probably judging. I get more nervous riding, but I think more stressful, like there's more pressure on you as a judge because, you know, you wanna get that right and you wanna, you know how like serious a lot of these guys take these events and how hard they work. Um, So, you know, you wanna do your best job and I think like even though judging can be subjective, Mm -hmm. I think it really is important to be able to um, explain why you have a guy where he is. Like I think that's when you fail as a judge is when, when somebody when you put guys in a ranking and they say like, oh, why is he there? And you you can't explain it. It's just like, right. oh, I don't know. Like, just cause that's what I think, you know? Like, right, cause right. that's, that's your job is to like analyze those details and be able to separate that. And even if somebody disagrees, even if you're like, oh, well it was because of this. And they're like, eh, I don't know. At least, you know, your job is to have an answer and to have an opinion. Um, so I think like, yeah, I think as far as more stressful, yeah, probably judging, but uh mm-hmm. I get more nervous uh, actually riding but that's just because I think anytime you put yourself out in a setting like that as a rider like you want to ride your personal best like you don't it's not even necessarily about what place you, you get you know like you know at one point if I did my dream run I could be on the podium now if I do my yeah. dream run maybe I can be on the top 20 you know but right, like right. you know it's like but that's I want to ride my personal best yeah. so you hate to go out there and and fall short of that so yeah. I think i get nervous for that reason but yeah but i actually get nervous judging too like i usually before like right before we start like a big like a five big finals or like yeah. whatever like and then you start to get in the groove like you start to like once you get yeah. your first number in and then like you because know, there is like it's there is a skill to to judging as well like it seems like it might be like kind of easy but there's yeah, like yeah. a lot of like intri- without going too in depth like there's a lot of intricacies that like you really do get better
2: with more experience, you know, and more practice, just like anything. But you're also good for it because you've experienced a lot of, a lot of this with yourself on the bike. So, kind of like Scotty. Scotty's a great yeah. example. Scotty, yeah, Scotty's a great example. So it's, I, I think, uh, I think you are a, a judge that would be respected because you've, you've, you you've, you've done it.
1: And I do yeah. think that's important. I mean, I think it's important because I, I do take it seriously, and then also i 've experienced it from from all angles you know i've i've you know i've I've been out there i've I've mm-hmm. had that experience and then um uh and you know now I have the experience as a judge um because sure. i but I do think there's some set, like i've I've seen guys that are like legendary writers and that's not necessarily be the best judges you know like so it's like it is a separate skill you know like I do Total. think you need i do think it's can be helpful, like, but I, I see guys who have never written professionally mm-hmm. and they're great judges. I see guys yeah. who like are legends and they're like, uh, ah. <laughs> um, well, you, you know, so I think it's like that it's, it's part of it. And I yeah. think you also like, as in my opinion, as like a panel too, like when you mm-hmm. look at like the, pa- I think you need to represent different, when you look at that panel collectively, like you need to represent like, you know, different types of experience different styles of riding different like you know you
2: don't want like so the judges can't all be from one yeah ride. like one style of ride yeah, like for style. example
1: like someone i work with a lot hank from england like he's he's an amazing judge he's basically like a career judge he does a lot of mountain bike events he does so many of the BMX events and he's spot on like great head judge, right. great judge but i also like think that you know he's never ridden professionally right um and that's okay. Right. But I think somewhere on that panel, you want to represent that, like, on the field experience. You know? So I think, like, you, but you also, you know, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Just representing different experiences, uh, different types of experience, whether it's through riding,
2: whether it's through judging, whether it's, you know, different skill sets, just like anything, you know? So. I have an example for you. you could You could shoot this down. This sounds idiotic. But if someone pulls a really good trick, but they, they bobble as far as getting there. They didn't touch. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know this. This is why I'm asking. No, so, right, so right. say he did something amazing over the spine, and then he, he just barely dabbles, like doesn't touch the ground, but gets his foot back on the pedal. But kind of as he was riding out, instead of landing, you know, even pedals away. Perfect. Amazing. Well, it's Does it's, it's all it's
1: all collectively like, it's not about one trick. You know, it's it's collectively what did the that run is. consist of? Yeah. What was what was that trick? Where was that trick in his run? How much did it mess up his flow? You know, there's there's like a there's a ton of things that you're like taking into account. And it also depends on the event. You know, like some events are really strict on a crash. Like if you crash within you run, like pretty much done. And then other events be more liberal event. about that. It's like, "Oh, well, what did based more about what he did versus what he didn't do. Sure. So it's, it really like, there's so many elements. Like, I mean, of course when something's pulled cleaner, it's better than not pulling yeah. it clean, but like, right. it's not necessarily a death sentence just cause you, like slip the pedal depending on the context of the rest of your run. So it's not a throwaway.
2: It's so yeah,
1: it's, it, it really just depends. I mean, yeah,
2: that's. that's and someone like you may appreciate that more, more than sometimes other people, maybe. Um, Yeah, it sounds tricky to me. It sounds really tough. It's it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job. (laughs) I don't envy you at all. And it's typically a thankless job as well. (laughs) Isn't all of this a thankless (laughs) job? I mean, actually, I shouldn't kid about that personally because uh, everything I've done since I got back into it has been—I've never experienced such gratification through BMXers. It's—it's crazy. I mean, I'll get messages about people that are. That were brought to tears by something you may say in this interview but or what they heard with garrett uh burns or whoever i just there's, there's been a lot of them that to me is uh that's awesome that's worth every bit of effort no ever. i think it's because it's a and that's unpaid is why i'm getting i'm going back to the whole well
1: and i think it's because it's an industry filled with passion you know and i think like you know sometimes when you get to those the bigger scale events maybe that's where it does start to like people get a little more competitive it gets a little more serious but like like you said with what we did uncover it this year like i could not believe how positive and how thankful and how appreciative everyone was and you know a lot of it's like younger kids that you would yeah. think would be maybe a little like little like you know they wouldn't know any better so you're just like, yeah. oh whatever this is cool like but yeah. like um, but the amount of people that came up to me and Brian were just like thank you guys so much for doing yeah. this like this was amazing this is so much fun like I was like shocked by it because I never expected that or yeah. even cared if that we just you know I just just showing up was thanks enough just yeah and, and so that was that was humbling and that and that put a lot of faith into like how awesome BMX is was mm-hmm. to, to have that kind of reaction and it's like whoa like they just love right Friday, you know and to see guys like yeah, you know, I brought him up a few times in different conversations or interviews. But, like, uh-huh. um, there's a lot of great people that came to all the events. But, like, dude, Adam G like, would just, like, sleep under oh, the ramps oh, and, like, yeah. road trip. Dude, he's basically doing whatever it took to be at the events. Like, road tripping with oh, his buddies. Yeah. And it, like, I really re- captured the spirit of what we wanted to create with that event.
2: And was- I, I got to tell you, I'm glad you said his name because I'm, I met him at the wheelmill. He said something about listening to the podcast. He was really stoked on him. And we got talking... And he and basically uh, he listened to a previous podcast that basically said follow your dream. Like don't you, if you're at the age where you can follow your dream and you're not you're not tied down, live it up. And that was at the Pittsburgh stop. There was still one more he mm-hmm. had already done Maryland, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did pretty well at Pittsburgh, but I think he really did well at the last one. No, I didn't was, do that. He did. So was I remember vice, vice versa. Did,
1: so he he entered. Amateur and semi-pro, so he Mm -hmm. won amateur at the first stop, Mm. and then I don't think he did that great in Pittsburgh, he did, like, I think he crashed a lot, and whatever, and then he ended up getting second in semi-pro, like, so in, so he, like, bumped up a class, and then ended up, like, so he started in the amateur class, (sighs) then, then, didn't do that great, second, then semi-pro, second place, like, so it was cool to see that, like, progression too, like. Oh, this kid started here, and now he's like already progressing that fast to where he's like, yeah. So well, because of
2: you, Brian. Me talking about it with him, I, by by no means am I saying I made a big difference, but he was so determined to to direct his life more, more in the way that he wanted to, instead of being tied down to something because right. he really is super passionate about BMX, so we've kept in touch and it, the guy's just psyched um well, but that, let's go ahead yeah no, go no, ahead no 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 well
1: that can be really challenging too especially for like a young kid like I remember you know I remember being that age and it's like I was you know the my parents saying like "Oh, I'll go to college or this that and I'm like you know I'm just like in love with riding and like trying to follow like that whole path and then um, you know, I was in college for a second, and then things started to like go happen with Schwinn and things, and and uh, you know, I was only making a few hundred bucks a month at first, but I like was getting opportunities to go to all these events and sure. like blah blah blah. And like next, you know, like I'm not going to school anymore, and my parents are like, like hey, so like how are you doing all these events and still getting your schoolwork done? I was like, well, like, yeah, we kind of thought so. So like, but then it's interesting because then fast forward, yeah, and here I am. 38 years old and I almost feel like I'm reliving that experience because now I'm back to a place where I'm like oh what are you going to do when you grow up and because that that BMX career is expiring and like I'm able to supplement it with judging and doing different things but like Mm -hmm. it's inevitable you know Mm -hmm. so you're like okay you're back you're back to square one you're back to where I was 20 years ago like what are you going to do when you grow up and also like you're like things aren't always easy you know like some of it's Some of it's because of bad luck, some of it's because of bad decisions, but like Mm -hmm. money's not always easy either. Like, I mean, you know, full disclosure, it's like my parents just had to help me pay for my dog's surgery because I was a little tight, you know? And like, luckily I have like a support system like that that's amazing, but at the same time, that creates a situation where you feel that pressure all over again. You're You're like, oh shit, this is embarrassing. Like my, I can't even, I'm like, I'm fucking up. Like I'm sort of not like being a functioning grown-up. Like my dog needs surgery right. and like I don't have enough money in my bank account to right. pay for it. This this is embarrassing. You know, yeah. and like so and again some of it's bad luck, some of it's bad decisions, yeah. but that's where I'm at. You know, and yeah. that that creates that situation all over again and then you know you're you're kind of just trying to ride this wave and you, you but you also have that same instinctual feeling you had when you were 18 or 17 and you're like there's something here there's something i gotta follow i can't just give up and take this job or that job or go to go to community college because Mm -hmm. that's what i feel like i'm supposed to do like you're kind of like following this this thing again you're like man i'm like this is my this is my thing and like i'm plugged into so many different outlets and i just think like i just have to figure it out you know and then when something like this the the Japan thing came up it was like Mm. whoa this is this is the thing like this is this is the opportunity I've been waiting for and it was like you have to go for this like at first you're like holy shit can I move to Japan for two years like am I able to do that am I willing to do that and you're like no this is like this is what you've been waiting for like you can't be you can't be scared you know it's like it's it's a corny analogy but I like compare it to like if you're like riding street Uh and it's like you see, like an amazing setup, but it's like super yeah. scary, right. and you're like almost hoping there's a car parked at the bottom so you don't have to try it. <laughs> right. But then you're like, you're so like some
2: bailout. You're some like, excuse. wait, there's there's no
1: car parked at the bottom. Like I have to send it. I have to go for this. And that's that's how I feel about the Japan opportunity. It's like it's really scary. There's a lot of risk to it, but yeah. I I feel really lucky to have this opportunity and to kind of kind of stuck it out in a way, like just continuing to be part of whatever I could be part of and contribute to whatever I can contribute to, to see where, where all those, sure. that path led. And then here we are moving on to a new chapter. So we'll see.
2: And you would we'll have see never known next. unless you said yes to it. Yeah. And you I mean, you never would have known.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, I might not have ever even had the chance to say yes to it. If I didn't, didn't like follow certain paths, you know, like there was yep. times where it's like, Oh, you're doing this and you're not getting paid for like even things that maybe feels like you should be getting paid for it. Cause it's, you're know, like, oh, I'm doing this, and I'm not getting paid for it. But right. you're like, but you know what? I think this all yeah. is working towards, like, a greater good. And, like, in the end, it's going to, you know, pan out. And, like, you're doing it because you love it, but you're also, like, having that pressure of, like, okay, yeah, we get it. You love this, but you're 38 years old. Like, you, um, yeah, how you, you time to pay the bills, time to be an adult. You know, like, and you're like, yeah, but... Yeah, but it's gonna, it's something, something's right. coming. I don't know what it is, but it's coming, you know, and you, you start to question it. You believe it, but you start to question it. And it's, yeah. it's weird when you've already like proven that wrong once. Like you've, you've, you know, followed your heart, you follow what you want to do, and you've worked hard to get somewhere, but then that starts to change and morph, and you have to kind of revisit that, that, yeah, all over again. And sure.
2: So that's kind of where I'm at now. I think it's awesome. It's, it's thank you. A pretty damn exciting. Oh and by the way, I apologize. Uh congratulations on your legend award at the Hoor oh, Cup. That was Thank you. That was really awesome. Um I probably would have cried if I was up there and I was <laughs> you. You know, although it's too rowdy there to cry. I <laughs> like I don't I think if you cried it would be kind of awkward at that place. <laughs> I think it hasn't fully sunk in like
1: what that award means. Like I think like I won so I'd like, just to backtrack a little bit, like, I had won, yeah. like, NORCups cups early in my career, and, like, of course, it was exciting, I was very proud, like, would have you, but then, you know, like, fast forward, like, 14 years, and, like, I hadn't been on that stage, and I'd, like, and me and Stu Johnson had, like, poured our hearts into, like, the Holy Fit Project, so, like, that was, like, my thing, I was, like, you know what, like, there had always been some kind of concession for every, like, video part that I'd done up until then, it was, like, Like, oh, we have, like, a timeline, or we have, like, oh, this filmer can't... Who's filming this? Who's editing this? Like, oh, we have to, like, get rights for the music, like this. And then this was, like, okay, like, I'm getting to a point where, like, this is my... Not like I was going to be done after this, but I want to put 110 one more time into a a video part. Like, I want to take all the time I need to do it. I want to make sure I have a filmer editor who's just as passionate about it as I am. Yeah. And... We did that, like me and Stu Johnson like worked on that with the rest of the fit team and like I was able to take the years that I needed to create the video part that I wanted. I mean of course there's always like you if if you there's always more you kinda wanna do sure. but like generally speaking that was the part I wanted to create and I felt like I didn't sacrifice anything and again Stu put just as much passion in it as I did. And I ended up winning a Nora Cup for video part of the year for that, and like that I cried oh, like because yeah. it felt so good after all those years and to like consciously create something the best thing that you could possibly create like and you you know had had so much pride for that because it was everything you wanted it to be, and it you know it wasn't about winning a Nora Cup, but you when it was recognized by like your peers as like, like hey, like we 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 got you. We see you like, and that was like unbelievable. And then for that to be like presented by Garrett of all people, like which was, Burns apparently complete coincidence. But yeah, Garrett Burns like awarded like that that so that was like even better. Um, wow. So then I guess, I guess because of how like and because like you get nominated for that, you're kind of like thinking like oh well maybe I could win this and like you yeah, think yeah. about like. Like, but again, like I was just so proud to be, it meant so much more than even like my first North Cups because I consciously put my soul into this project. So like to get rewarded for that and appreciated for that, like from your peers was huge. And then and I guess for a video part. Yeah. And I guess, so I guess fast forward to now the legend award, I guess it right. almost didn't sink in at first because it's like, I didn't see it coming, first of all, because it's like, you're not nominated for it, they just, they just surprise you with it, you know? So, like, I, I, like, didn't even think about it, and then, like, I was, like, kind of almost, when when they said my name, I was, like, whoa, I was, like, psyched, but I was, like, well, what did I really do to deserve this? I didn't really, at first, I'm, like, oh, well, what what did I do to deserve this? But Uh then, when, like, you reflect on it, it's, like, oh, what you did to deserve this almost means more than any one year or one task. It's, like, you you poured your heart into BMX in so many different ways for over 20 years now. I mean, I've been riding for longer than 20 years, but I've been professional for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like you've, like, consistently put your soul into this sport and this industry, and that says a lot. It's like, whoa, like, that's what this award says. Like, you never stopped, you never quit on yourself or BMX, and... So that's like when you let it sink in, it's like at first you're just like, oh, this is weird. Like, but then when you really absorb it, you're like, holy shit, like this means as much or more than any other thing I've ever won. You know, so it really like truly is like an honor
2: to have that. And it's yeah. like, yeah. That makes more sense than uh, than what I was thinking. Because I was thinking about, you're, you're so into it right now, as always, I mean, have been for years, that in, in the words of Brian Foster, I'm still here. I'm still here, like Kristen said. I'm still around. I'm still relevant. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, you know but I'm just, like, you know, I'm a because you know, are a living legend. I mean, yeah, that, you are a living <laughs> legend. <But> you, <laughs> you, your story isn't done yet, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it's awesome that you're a legend. Uh, it's a funny word, though. but you're it's a funny it, word. but but you're an active legend. Is what I'm getting. At. It's well, it's hard, you. you know, which I think is even cooler. Not to discredit anyone that's a that's a legend that can't still ride because they could have injuries, they could have whatever. Uh you're still out there doing it and you're a legend. So what a great combination. And now you've taken on this job. In you know Japan. what? And it feels good, like it does feel good to
1: still want it on some level, you know, like obviously you mellow out, you you calm down a bit, like you don't need to be like there's a lot of events I go to, I judge, and it's like I don't have the desire to be out there competing Mm -hmm. um even like video part stuff it's like I still want to film stuff I'm excited to like go over to Japan and find some cool spots and film Mm -hmm. some stuff but I'm kind of like unless the mood strikes me it's like I don't really want to kill myself anymore and uh, I had a good conversation with Corey Martinez last weekend Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's um he's like man but you know like you're still moving you're still moving and I think that's like it it, it's I still see something that I want to do. Like, even last weekend, I wasn't competing in Battle Hastings this year, even though I wish I was, because that's one of the few events that I still would love to get out there. But, um, but there was, like, a setup that I, like, like, a downside double peg grind on the sub that I looked at, like, a bunch of times. And long story short, I did something that scared me, that I'd wanted to do for a while, that I felt was, like, challenging myself, and, like, I got it done. And it's like, whoa, like, I like that I it makes me feel good that I still have a little bit of that fire in me to like be like oh this is scary this is like outside of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. but I still want it I still like I'm not just like I'm not content and I think that's a good thing to have is like not being content like still wanting to chase things still wanting more like whether it's like in your riding or your life or your career like it's like I think that's a healthy spirit to have is like to keep like pushing forward and keep wanting wanting to like challenge and challenge your personal goals and and like
2: to steal a a quote from another from a motocross podcast uh, what percentage if we did a percentage pie how much of it is for you personally like do you 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 personally are gratified versus doing it for other people for lack of better words was it mostly you yeah i mean i don't think at this point like You're not doing anything for anyone else? Yeah, I
1: mean, I don't think at this point it's for anyone but yourself, you know, I mean, I think, like, luckily I've reached a place where I don't feel like I have anything to prove, you know, or, like, you're, but you just, I don't know, like, I think, if you, you know, but but that doesn't, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I'm not doing it, like, I think I'm looked up to because I don't necessarily do it for I mean I think you just have this like mm-hmm. certain fire in you that like keeps keeps pushing you to want to do certain things and I, I I enjoy it now almost more than ever because you don't have that pressure you don't feel like you have anything to prove so you mm-hmm. can really do everything on your terms and it just kind of like it makes all these trips really fun like I, I strangely enjoy traveling more the past five years than I ever did in my life like you think it'd be backwards a lot of people get a little older and like they they want to settle down or stop start traveling less and like I I enjoy traveling more in my late thirties than I did in my yeah. early twenties like yeah. and I, I maybe it's just part of it's just because of you know life circumstances but I I love all these opportunities to be everywhere in the world and just still being a part of BMX in so many different facets you know mm-hmm. like so many different styles of riders so many different types of events and like getting to see and experience all of it is like. Yeah. huge to me and and being able to appreciate all of it is huge to me because like I said earlier to just see like the different ends of the spectrum but be able to be stoked on all of it yeah. is like yeah. is important to me and I think that's like something yeah something that gets me psyched it's like not just like my little corner of the world like that I think is important like you know i i brought up Crandall before like and he mm-hmm. just like he puts it in a good term like I think a lot of people like live in the, like an echo chamber where like they're just surrounded by like their friends or their people that are telling them yeah it should be this way or it should be that way or it should be this way and like right. they're not like stepping outside of like the, their their comfort zone or their group of friends and going like oh yeah but this is cool too like you know and I, I so I really make an effort to try to like appreciate it from from all angles, and not right. just not just live in my own little personal world of like what
2: I think is mm-hmm. cool or good or you know. Seems like a maturity thing to me from the outside, kind of looking in, and after you've experienced so much over time. Does that make sense at all? I'm not even sure. <laughs> um, you know what? Let me jump to because I don't think that made any sense at all. That was that was to. confusing. Sometimes life don't make sense. No, and, and this this is the crap I live in here because. The whole idea with this is it's it's raw and it's uh, you know what you hear is what you get. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything and take out my errors or whatever you know. But uh, let's um, do. You mind if we talk about the the word relevancy, uh, what it means to you? Because uh, i i didn't I didn't really key into it until I interviewed Brian Foster because it's it's kind. Of, It's different for everybody. He had a different answer than I think you would, but I asked him how important a relevancy was to him. Uh, You know, and he's he's got six, seven, eight years on you, right? Probably six, seven, I think he's in his mid forties. Relevancy was still important to him, but mostly so he could kind of be validated in a way. You know what I mean? is relevancy important to you for any particular reason or is it not important to you at all um by your peers by, by I, the I fans the, I don't think like at this point I mean it's nice to be appreciated
1: don't mm-hmm. get me wrong like you're like what you know what you're what you contributed as a writer or what you contributed like you know with events or mm-hmm. whatever it may be like it's nice to be appreciated um I don't know that relevance is something that I'm conscious of or worried about at this point but I think um I mean I do think that's maybe important like from a sponsorship standpoint but I think at this point like my relevance comes from again just wanting to be a participant wanting to be involved wanting to be active it's not about like what trick I learned or what like what clip I posted it's about like just being present like being part of BMX and being present at these events and being like Not just like fading into the woodwork, you know, I think Mm -hmm. and I think because I've been lucky enough like um, You know to to continue to be so so present and active in it because of the support I get from my sponsors and because of the um, the opportunities I get to judge events and Mm -hmm. um, I think that's allowed me to be present and continue to be active within BMX and continue to like ride the way I want to ride and if I have an idea like I have the time and the support to make it a reality right. um so I think all those things have maybe led to me continuing to be relevant um mm-hmm. it but just in a different way like I said it's not like you're not relevant in the same way that you were when you were
2: sure. 22
1: and you were like I think that's a good way to put it am, am I interrupting no but you do bring up a, a that just like I just another thought came to my mind as i cool. was saying that like I think it's important to also understand that like our roles change, Mm -hmm. like our responsibilities change within BMX as, as we get older. And like, so what, like what BMX needs me to do now, isn't the same thing that BMX needed me to do when I was 20, you know? And so that's like constantly evolving. And I think sometimes that can mentally be a challenge because you feel like, oh, I'm not this anymore. And it's like, no, you're not that but BMX now needs you here, you know? And like, so it's like, you know, it's like, okay, like BMX needed you like, you know, as a pro rider and then like, okay, BMX needed you to put on like an amateur series. Okay. Now BMX needs you to steer this major event in the right direction so that we don't look like kooks. Like, you know, like, so it's, it's like, and I mean, there's a hundred million things in between all those little things I brought up, but like, I think your role is just constantly evolving and it's, it's, it can be a challenge to accept that. Like, cause you want to be like, you still like, you know, you watch a street contest and you're like in your head, you're like, still like, you want to still be that guy in a yeah, way. Yeah. Like, cause it's fun to be that guy. It's sure. fun to like be out there and get that energy. And like, yeah. but you're like, oh, I'm not that guy anymore. And yeah. that's okay.
2: Like yeah. I have a new role, you know? And I think that's why Brian Foster's answer would be different than yours, which, which it was because he's busy. He's at school all the time. Yeah. He, he wants to be able to still be part of it he's not saying he wasn't saying that he, he wanted to be something that he's not or trying to get back to where he was he was just like yeah I just want to let people know I'm I'm still out there and I care about the sport I love to mm-hmm. ride as simple as that is right. really what it was so yeah. your, your deal is really cool because you've been in it constant and I, I love what you said I love exactly what you said because that's that's awesome, because Van Homan's being, whether it be through your mind or through offers that you're you, were, you were, that you've taken up on, you're kind of being shifted in some great directions that that still, or that I should say now allow you to give back, which is which is pretty awesome. So, and we talked about this, but going, giving back, I think, that's all I really want to do. You know, just get back. Uh, you want to hit some other stuff? Sure. I've got. Uh, I'll ask you for a funny one. Are there lots of variations of your name besides Van Fucking Holman? <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> or is, which what's the one that you like? <laughs> Wait, what? Do <Did> what? <laughs> variations of your name, uh, or do people pretty much stick with the stick with Van Holman? No, Man Holman, no, no, nothing like that, him. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess we could.
1: I, I think a lot of people, know, but I'm, I'm not sure. Are you asking me for nicknames or catchphrases?
2: I'm not really yeah, sure what we're getting at right. nicknames. Has um, anyone ever called you anything besides? Nah. You know. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, everyone no. gets a nickname at some point?
1: No, because it's actually funny. Because technically, my name is John Vandiver Home in the Third. Really. Yeah. So I. Um. So this is if you watch my props interview from like mm-hmm. two thousand two, or you would you would know this, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um. So, like, I'm the third, so my parents, I'm obviously named after my father and my grandfather, but they didn't want me to be called the same things because they do not want me to be, like, little John. You know, like, my dad's yeah, yeah, name was John. So, like, from the day I was born, I've always been called Van. Even, like, the um, my first day at first grade, the um, the teacher would say my name. She would say, John, and I, like, wouldn't respond, and she actually called my parents after the first day of school. and was like, hey, like it's. I think something might be wrong like he's not responding when I say his name or like oh that's not his name and then then like I remember like as the years went on like second and third grade like my parents would I'd like then tell them yeah. but then the teachers like wouldn't believe me they would think I was just like making up a name that I wanted to be so they would like call my parents to make sure it was okay to like call me van oh, god it's pretty funny so, <laughs> yeah. oh, so, so van Holman. van Homan is it for sure, right. I did so, have I did have a good announcer though. I forget like the so you know BMX racing. They're always coming up with catchphrases, but I remember yeah. one that sticks with me is like he was going, "It's not Van Damme, it's one step better. It's Van I <laughs> Always liked that one. <laughs> it's the Claude Van Damme. Is yeah. that what
2: that was in reference yeah. to? Yeah, him better than John that's Claude awesome. Van Damme <laughs> uh, Let's see. You know what? This goes back to you moving to Japan. I had written down a couple things about just basically like attachment. Um you're actually going to a country that, that has a whole bunch of different religions in and you don't even necessarily have to call them religions but uh because they don't necessarily worship a a god. But uh whether it be Buddhism, Shinto, I think. Um but a lot a lot of religions out in the eastern part of the world are they're not attached to a lot of things, from what I understand. There, there's um, there's not a lot of attachment. Do you, like you, being able to move and and kind of, uh, all of it's not obviously going to move. You'll probably store some of it. But are you seem like you are not, you don't stay attached to, or do you? Do you stay attached to anything? Or have you kind of like made your life in such a way that you don't, hang on to something from 30 years ago and yeah I I guess that is a good thing like it's a cheesy saying but
1: I always kind of say like appreciate your past but don't live in it and I think like being able to move forward and like look at the opportunity in front of you is pretty important and you know I also think my life has just happened to work out in a way that kind of allows me to pick up and go you know maybe had some other things worked out the way I might have expected them, that I thought they would. Like, not that it's good or bad, because life life changes, you know, and Mm -hmm. and, uh, things all, like, pan out for certain reasons, but it definitely, like, where I'm at now wasn't where I expected to be at 25. But it's not a negative thing, but um, it just so happens that my life is kind of set up in a way that lends itself to be able to say, hey, you have an opportunity to move to Japan for two years, you can go for it, you know? I mean, there's a couple hard things um you know like I've been seeing a girl here for a little bit now and like Mm -hmm. that's a bit of a challenge and Mm -hmm. um then also uh my she's uh, not moving um not right away like I'm gonna go get set up over there and then Mm -hmm. we'll like kind of you know so yeah we're we're trying to figure it out so it's not like we're not yeah we're not calling it quits or anything but it's definitely like obviously being away from someone for like long stretches of time is going to be a challenge but Mm -hmm. you know eventually she might come over we'll figure that out but it's just Stage 1 is like I I don't even have things figured out for myself yet so yeah, I got we got to figure that out and then okay. go from there but um and then you know I I have a dog here like and mm-hmm. she's basically stays with my parents 50% of the time as it is cuz of all my traveling so uh, okay. that's not too bad like that's hard but like that those are like the two hardest challenges you know like other than that yeah. it's like psh, let's go you know like nothing else nothing else is like tie me tie me down um, Which has to feel good, yeah. I would imagine. No, it is. It is nice. It's freeing. You know, I I went from like, I mean, it's definitely been like a lot of changes in my life. Like, yeah. um, you know, at one point I had like so many, a, a, like things tying me. Like, and again, not in a negative way, but just right. life is like transitioned. I mean, at one point I was married with, I was a I was a home a married homeowner with that owned two stores, like you know, like, in the area, like, yeah. and now I'm, like, you know, like I said, I'm seeing someone, but, you know, I'm, like, I'm just renting a room from a buddy, and, like, everything I own fits in, like, a bedroom and, like, a tiny garage space, you know, like, yeah. um, so it's, uh, but, it, but it's also, like I said, that's a very freeing place to be, like, I've been able to experience life in a way the past however many years that, like, I'd never even experienced, like, in my early 20s when I was single and, like, seemingly should have been experiencing that life. So it's it's um it is nice to like just be able to Mm -hmm. to go and not have to worry about like taking care of a store or like sure worrying making sure your leaves are raked or you know like right even just the dumbest things. Like I would stress like I'd go on a trip and I'd be worried about my long in mode. Like it's nice to not have to worry about like things like that and just be able to like
2: go and um business especially man that must have been tough. Now, some people wrote in questions about two by four. Were there were two shops? At one point,
1: the one, okay. the second one was a pretty terrible idea in retrospect, and was only oh, really? like was only around for about a year. But uh, yeah, at one point, the one, the main store was there for six years. There was another one here in, like in Philadelphia that was there for about a year. Um, and these were these were full bike shops, right? Y- yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, mostly BMX. Like, well, I mean. They were BMX shops. We really did very little in any other
2: bikes. But. Sure. Here's a guy. Uh, Scotty the Bull wanted to know what you missed most about your 2 by 4 store. Um, I think it's just
1: being able to, like, see young riders come in, be stoked on BMX, being able to, like, you know, kind of feed their passion, being able to put on events, being able to bring in, like, through video premieres and barbecues and jams, um... I think that just combined with like the pride that comes along with like doing all of that and like having a shop like that mm-hmm. and like kind of how it just keeps you connected to the scene, keeps you connected to the the industry. Um, I think that's what I miss about it. Um, mm-hmm. So there's definitely things I miss, but I what I don't miss is just like actually like the anchor that it becomes, yeah. you know, and like actually right. having to run the business part of it. Um, right. And, you know, it was never like. It had its moments where it did well, but it was never like overly lucrative. So it was, sure. it got to a point where I had to kind of, um, if I really, if I wanted to see it succeed, continue to succeed, um, or on a higher level, I needed to really be hands on and be there more. And I was at a point in my life where all I wanted to do was travel more. So yeah. I kind of had to say like this or this. So it was like, just, the timing felt right to let it go.
2: Mm-hmm. So. How long did it run for?
1: Six years. That's so, pretty good. So I'm really proud of that because I never too, like I, I invested like an initial amount of money to uh-huh. get that off the ground. Right. Um, our inventory grew drastically like over that time, even opened up a second store, closed that store. Never once did I um, invest additional money. Like so right. all the six years, everything that happened, the second store didn't work all these things it was all on my initial investment so like Uh I'd consider it a success you know um it wasn't like it was something that I was just dumping money into it it was self-sufficient you know and it was you know and at times like especially the first few years it was it was actually doing pretty well and I think but all that money went right back into it you know like I just I just most most of the money just got put right back into like helping the inventory grow and like putting on events or jams and like um what I made off of it was pretty minimal. Um, yeah. So, but you know, not that. No. It was good. It was yeah. something I really wanted to do. And I mean, it was, help, it, it was helpful. I mean, it was nice. I could still, like, I had good guys in place that I could go travel and do my thing and they'd take care of the shop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd still make a few bucks off the shop. So, right. uh, it was, it was just everything I could hope for at
2: the time, you know. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, Chad Powers asked kind of the same question. He said, best thing about owning two by four. Um, I didn't realize you did jams and everything. That's that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean that was one of the funnest parts, and that's one of the, like the initial inspirations too. Because when I when I decided to open it, it came at a time where I felt like BMX was kind of saturated with brands. Right, and people be like, "Oh, you start a bike company?" I was like, oh, there's already too many bike companies, and there's right. not. But I didn't feel like there was enough shops to facilitate all those things. So I was like, "Well, this is great. Like, I can open up a space where I can like." sell stuff that I believe in, stuff I'm stoked on, stuff like for my sponsors, I can sure. like, if we have a cool idea for a t-shirt, we can make a t-shirt, if we wanna do a road trip, put make a video, we can do all these things, but like, since we're not actually a brand, uh-huh. we're also not forced to do it. It's almost like, we don't have to be like, oh, like every season we need a new t-shirt line, or like, oh, we need to make uh, yeah. sure like, our forks are like, have the right inset or whatever. Like, it would just be like, oh, that company made a new cool fork, now we can yeah. sell it, like whatever. like. Right. So I, I like, that's kind of how the way I looked at it. it was like, it gave us the, the, the palette to do whatever we wanted, but it just gave us a little more freedom, like where we didn't feel like we were forced to do it. It was like, we have an idea, we have a place to execute it, but it's like, we don't have to keep up, like, let the companies be cool and we'll sell the stuff that's cool. We just, right. I don't know if that makes sense or if yeah. it actually is no, it true, definitely but
2: does. definitely covers the shop angle.
1: All right. Hold that thought. No a- problem, PV or break.
2: I'll take my. Uh, but yeah, you have a, you have quite a few questions from people. so I'm, I'm gonna rip through the last things I wanted to ask you and then we'll uh, and then we'll hit up the questions. Sounds good. Um, we did the relevancy part. Oh, this has been killing me since the jam. when you you stayed it was it was so much fun. I was so bummed out that I had to I had to get to sleep because you know i have been a long weekend already. And I had to get up really super early. You guys were talking about NBL stuff, I think. I think at one point, Darren (laughs) came in. He's like, you know, because Darren does a podcast with the Mets. Uh, Yeah, right. So why? He's like, you need to shove your microphone out there and then just go to sleep. Just record (laughs) everything they're talking about. But do you remember what that conversation was about? Because it went pretty pretty deep. Oh, honestly, I think that was
1: more about, um, I mean, we were pretty drunk. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was more about like, you know, Olympics type stuff. And like, it's yeah. oh, awesome. But we probably touched. We probably touched on some, some uh, old NBL like reminiscing things oh, as God. well. <laughs> we probably were going down some nostalgia <laughs> lane about. Especially with those, especially guys. with Keith Tara, I love. I love reminiscing with him, um, about old races because we're just like li- like, you know, we race in the same class, so we'll just mm-hmm. name old names will come up that we're just yeah. like like. Screw that guy! Like, what? You know, just to, like you just remember bumping elbows with a guy every every weekend. And Kevin like already had him, him come up in the conversation. Oh yeah, okay, of course, of course. But <laughs> Kevin was see, like Kevin was way faster than me, so like I never even like touched him. Right, but right. like, I don't think Tara
2: did either. But he'll like to pretend he did. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh man, but yeah, there was that was a fast crew. Was that? Um I Brian Irochi was older right yeah yeah
1: I don't think Irochi Irochi was in the class above us Uh, just above yeah I think he he definitely didn't race the grands with us even though there were so many good rivalries then, it was
2: it was we had a heavy class like our class was was really yeah heavy crew back then yeah and of course I I make sure that um there's one particular friend of mine Jeff Allen that uh and Brian Foster both hate cruisers so I always make it a point to remind them Van race cruiser <laughs> yeah, race cruiser race cruiser he got an ass full of that back tire at one time or another I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this this question was kind of important to me I wanted to know how many how many trips affected your mindset of what you of what you um, really need in your life and which trip maybe impacted you the most so um, uh, I mean, do you become somewhat of a minimalist, right? Like you have the basics, so you can go when yeah. you want to go. I mean, wow! Um, did that come from any particular trip, or just life in general? Uh, I don't know. I think I think just from life in general. I think
1: there's a handful of things that come into play. Like, you know, one, it's just sort of adapting and embracing like whatever you know whatever life circumstances have come and like figuring out like okay like what how do I like how do I make this even if something seems like a negative like everything's a positive in a way so you're like all right well how do I what do I do with this or where am I at but then I think just generally traveling as a whole it just it turns you into a completely different person, you know, and I think it makes you a more open person, a more, um, adventurous person. Right. And, um, so I don't know. I I generally just think that's kind of turned me into the person that I am. And yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, to pin down one trip would be practically impossible. I think, um, I've had so many, so many good ones and I mean, um, I could, pick out maybe a couple like ones that are just like stand in my mind as far as like being fun but like which like going way back to like one of the snap trips and like maybe like 2000 was like still in my mind one of the best and then some of the two by four trips we took um were amazing and then i didn't um, even know you did trips through the shop yeah we did like a video we put out like a whole video and stuff and we did a couple like we had like like a road trip section and want a props issue and yeah we were like actively doing a lot of things it's mm-hmm. actually funny because I remember like sometimes I think people would think that 2x4 was way bigger than it was mm-hmm. um, because um, because we were always doing things but we also were always doing things because we had like we had a heavy team but it's because those guys were all my friends yeah, so like it yeah. looked like we had this like all star pro team but it was it was just they was just my boys you know like so right. they were just down to support it right. and like you know I would do what I could like I would you know, uh, pay for trips and stuff Mm -hmm. when I could. And, you know, like a lot of the brands would like kind of help us with that too. Like all the guys like rode for like, you know, like Jeff Solly rode for United and Daryl Taco rode for kink and Gary Burns rode for T1. And, you know, like all these, so like the, the brands would like a lot of times like pitch us a little money to do a road trip or whatever too. Like, Hey, and then we'd like put their logo at the beginning of the edit or whatever. So that was always super cool too, that we'd get like such good support from, from that. But yeah, um, but yeah, pin down one trip. I just, I, yeah, I just think generally like traveling and meeting different people in different places, different like backgrounds and cultures. It just like it just opens up your mind. It makes you more open. Makes you more adventurous. And yeah, I don't know, that's the best I got. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's
2: perfect. I, and I was also thinking on top of that, like, you know, you've been around the world essentially, right? I mean, you've been in Asia. You've been through Europe yeah and Australia lucky. like it you know seems like the past few years like I'm
1: getting to travel even more than I ever did which is which is pretty cool um I, I think like I got to a point where I just I didn't say no to anything and if there was an opportunity if there wasn't an opportunity then I tried to create one right. you know I think there was a point where I like maybe didn't always want to be traveling and lately I've been like Embracing any opportunity I have to, yeah. to go somewhere, see something, be part of things. So, I like, I, like I said, I wasn't saying no to anything. And even if there wasn't something there, I just, I'd be like, well, all right, well, what's going to happen then? Like, so yeah. what am I going to do?
2: And so. I'm also thinking about, like, you know, families you may have stayed with or communities that you stayed in for, you know, during a trip. Did it make you appreciate things more? here because of maybe what they didn't have, you know, that type of thing. Cause, because you had the opportunity to, to experience more than most of us do. It had to have been uh, kind of shocking in some ways at times, like how things were around the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: just, again, like just generally, yeah, seeing things like that. I I, I like to think that I've, I've mostly always been an appreciative person as a whole. Like I try not to... Um, exactly that like I try to appreciate what I have and all the opportunities that I'm l- lucky to have had and um, all the friends all over the world that I have and uh-huh. um, you know just feel lucky got to be part of something really special and um, I think you know it's corny to say but like BMX kind of is like a family it's like I can go anywhere in the world like even just moving to Japan like I'm already like friends of mine are already plugging me in with guys that like ride. Right, I'm already texting with them and they're getting psyched to go ride together and hang out together. And it's like, you know, like where else? Like who else has that like network where you can just move to Japan and it's like you have friends before you even get there. Yeah, You know, like that's that's not normal. You know, like we're lucky. We're super lucky to have that. And I think that happens constantly. Like I just, you know, I'll do cross country trips and it's like, you know, you're on the road for a month and I might, like literally staying in a different city every night and probably get three hotels during the course of a month-long road trip, you know, because, like, every night, it's, like, even if you don't know someone, you know someone that knows someone who welcomes you with open arms, and it's, like, I think, like, the BMX community just generally, like, has that, like, open-arm
2: spirit, and it's, like, that's a pretty special thing to be a part of, so. I'm really glad you mentioned that because, obviously, we we started off as some No heavier. you can't crash your mind at night. <laughs> right I got a van, man. Okay. I got a bedroll. <laughs> you kidding me? I've learned how to live on nothing. <laughs> I came from nothing, I'm gonna leave with nothing. That's the way it's gonna work, you know? Um Um what the hell was I gonna say? God damn you. Um, I I guess I guess what I'm getting at is um Is I appreciate what you're saying because uh, whether it be around the world or in this country it's um, I know I'd open my house any day to someone I know from BMX with zero concerns, you know about I like the idea of world travel and I I did some study in college uh, about you know specifically Asia and and religions and that not that way so I I uh, I would imagine you've seen you've seen a lot, and I think that's cool because it's probably formed you into the, you know, the adult that you are. Yeah, it's always that weird thing. Like it's hard to even imagine who you'd be like
1: without BMX. You know, it's like be a completely different human being. Yeah, it's, it's
2: hard to even wrap your head around like yeah. who you'd be. Yeah, but totally. Totally. I on your level, it's completely completely uh, different because you you know you're riding. For a living but even in my own small way it's it's uh it's amazing there's amazing people out there just so yeah i guess to go back to the beginning just for a second i i think it 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 does it does mean that bmx really is doing doing it we're doing good you know what i mean yeah it's never going to be nascar and we don't need it to be it's never going to be supercross it's mm-hmm. never going to be. It's not going to be that, but we all appreciate it. You know, it it stays, it stays small and it stays, like, I think,
1: it stays small and it stays real, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. there's opportunities. Luckily, it's big enough to, like, there's still opportunities within it, but not to the point where it, like, dilutes it or, like, Mm -hmm. turns it into, it's, like, if you, if you don't love BMX, there's easier ways to make a living. So, like, if you're, if you're here, like... It, it weeds out the it weeds out the phonies you know it weeds yeah. out the, the meatheads like it yeah. it like i don't care like how successful you are like it's like in bmx it's like if you put that if you put that amount of effort into anything else you'd be you'd be way richer yeah. you know yeah. so it's like you know whether you're <laughs> like at the top or the bottom it's like yeah if you chose something else if it, it's, it. you gotta love it you gotta love it to like be good at it or to succeed at it and yeah I think that's what's cool like you know it's just it's I think that's even like separates us a little bit from skateboarding in like a positive way I mean like mm-hmm. just the fact that like there's not as much money in BMX and it kind of right. keeps it a little I think it, it keeps it a little more pure like
2: yeah. which is good and bad <laughs> yeah yeah I, I understand I mean I think uh I think it's a good thing especially in the east coast i also love that on the east coast it's um since you can only ride for about six months that you really appreciate those six months like big time or a trip to the wheel mill or to raise or whatever you know or formally incline club and because That's- it makes you want it you know what i mean you you grew up northeast where we are now it's winter sucked man it's I mean, actually it's- funny like you know like
1: this is probably not, like, a popular thing to say or, like, a, a popular opinion. Uh-huh. People will probably cringe when they hear this. But um, I've, like, said this for a few years now. And, uh-huh. like, one of the coreest scenes out there right now is inlining. Like, if you inline right now, yeah. I have so much respect for you. Because, like, that shit, like, sure, whatever, like, it might not... I've been the coolest thing it might look lame like it might have been but like right now uh-huh. like that industry is dead yeah, yeah so if you're doing that shit you that you. shit is in your soul <laughs> like them they love that shit like if you're like their scene is so core right now like because yeah. it's dead like it's like when bmx was dead but like tenfold you know it's like and so like are those guys that i talk to that are like older rollerbladers and they're just like that's their shit, man. Like, that yeah. shit was there and it fell off and they're still there. They're still out there yeah. skating. And, like, I, I have respect for that because, like, there's nothing to be gained from that other than they just love that shit. And, like, whether you think it's lame or not, whatever, like, right. cool. But, like, they're, they're doing it for their soul. And that, like, I respect that. Yeah. You know? And, like, and you also, like, can't throw stones from a glass house. It's, like, how right. many times you heard, like, oh, you still riding that little kid's bike? like you know okay like we think rollerblades aren't cool like whatever but who the fuck are we to say Yeah, that dude's having fun that shit's in his heart and like I I like I respect that just because there's nothing to be gained from it other than the love and I think that's like you know I think that's what's good about generally BMX as a whole is like I think Mm -hmm. I think there's like this this like appreciation just a gratefulness people just just want to experience it it. like like I said and that was one of my most favorite things about putting on those events and seeing guys, like, load up the van and go to all the, to all the stops and, like, yeah. sleep under ramps so they can make right. it happen and, like, hitch rides, whatever they had to do. Exactly. Know, that's, like, that's the spirit, you know? That's where we all, like, that's where we all came from, I think. Yeah. That's why we
2: want Adam G to keep it up, man. yeah <laughs> Adam G's getting shout-outs all over. He is. He's, <laughs> the dude, if I hadn't, if I hadn't met him... Um, I I would still respect him. You know, he's he's a great writer. But if I hadn't if I hadn't met him and just talked with him, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to see the kid that I used to be and tell him, don't do what you want because now's the time. Yeah. You know. So to jump off the Adam G thing, you guys did such an awesome job, and I, you still have to be mind blown about this. How perfect was it that Mad Mike won your series, got the ticket to Hastings, and then just lit the crowd on fire? Yeah, you saw that. I saw Yo, it. Yo,
1: I cried. I I think I cried. I strayed. you were in the
2: stands. You you were. I was judging. Club, I
1: saw you. Was, I was judging. Oh, that was from the judging. Yeah. Room? Like I think, but I think when he pulled that, like a lot of the shits is like after time or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, but that shit don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's about the energy, you know, and like, and like. like it was like a Cinderella story like for him to go there and then like you you almost like some of those moments that happened Mm -hmm. at Uncovered you'd been like oh you can't ever recreate that and then it was almost like the same thing this happened but just like on steroids like instead of it being like the crew it's like it's like Chad Curley and Dennis Anderson coming up and hugging him I'm like what is happening like like man, Mike is doing it like I I legitimately like teared up because Uh I was like so psyched that like you know you've like, in a way, like, you know, you're responsible for that moment. And, like, you know, he, Mike even said, like, I think, I think today might have been the best day of my life. Like, and he was, like, serious. And it's like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you know, to be able to, like, give somebody, like, that that opportunity and, like, right. you know, have, like, him be so happy to be there and appreciative to be there and then have, like, all of BMX embrace him. It's, like, it's, it, it really, like we succeeded, like, uncovered, like, this dude was kind of, like, in the shadows of, like, you know, the A-Town trash crew, and, like, you know, just, you know, he's sort of, like, on this, like, underground radar, but, like, not really, and then all of a sudden, it's, like, yeah, like, Mad Mike, Mad Mike, Mad Mike, you know, like, everybody loves him, and, like, he's just shining, and, like, being able to, like, be able to have, like, this special moment, so it's, it's pretty awesome to see, like, the whole thing transpire over, like, from that first stop to, like, that magic, that magical moment, like in Hastings,
2: it was like, oh my gosh, yeah. And I give so much credit to you and Brian because Mad Mike would not have been at Hastings if you didn't create this series, and he blew everyone's mind at. But shout out to those guys
1: too. Amazing thing that they did for us too to like be able to give a spot and trust us to like, you know, say hey, like the MVP, like they paid, like Source paid for Mad Mike mm-hmm. to fly out there, like that was like part of the sponsorship of the Source. Like, they're like, hey, like, w- one of the guys is going to come from Swamp Fest, one of the guys uncovered, and then we're going to take two from our qualifier. And so, like, they all expense paid trip for Mad Mike, like, paid for by the source. Like, yeah, awesome. Like,
2: so man. it's pretty rad, yeah. Something he would have never done otherwise. Yeah, never would have had that opportunity. No. And on top of that, he kills it. it and yeah. just uh, does an amazing gap to that rail. The team's a good, too. The qualifier team, I think they got, like, seventh
1: out of 12 with, like, was heavy. that
2: the team the four people that you were talking about? It's yeah, fast, so it was like Mad
1: Mike, Mark Burnett, Paul Ryan, and this dude Stu. Big Stu was like a local local mm-hmm. ripper, but like yeah, they were like the qualifier team and they ended up getting 7th out of
2: 12 and I mean, oh, <laughs> all heavy hitters, you know. I was going to say there was there was no slackers in any of that in any of those groups, but nah. I I congratulate you and Brian in source, but I mean to have nah, these guys get a get a piece of Excitement that'll last, like you said, best moment of his life. How cool is that? That's it's great. just awesome. After watching all those videos, I want to go next year so it's bad. Ba- it's an amazing event. You really should go. It's just it's,
1: one I'll, of the best events I'll, I'll Like s- I've been part of a lot of events over the past 25, 30 years. And like, that's like, I, like I could say that that could possibly be like the best event Like yeah. that's I've ever, and that's what I think is great, too, like, is, like, there's so much amazing stuff happening right now, like, you know, I heard people, I, unfortunately, I wasn't there, but I heard people saying the same thing about the Malaga event last yeah, year, like, like, being like, oh, I think that might be the best, you know, so it's, like, rad that, like, this, these thing it's still happening, you know, yeah. like, we were part of a lot of amazing things, you know, and, like, it's so easy for people to get, like, sucked into that past, like, you know, I even heard people say, like, oh, man, it's really good to hear you say that, because, like, you know, I hear all these things about, like, Metro Jams and Backyard Jams and it's like, almost like I felt like I missed that, like, magical era, and I'm like, nah, dude, like, well, you did, you missed it, because it was amazing, but, like, also, like, there's amazing things happening right now, too, so, like, you're not missing out, like, you're just living, like, you're just in a different era, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't experience AFA contests, you know what I mean, like, 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 I don't know, maybe they were cool, maybe they weren't, I don't know, but I wasn't around to experience them, you know, like, you didn't get to experience Metro Jams, but, like, There's stuff just as good happening now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. it's a yeah, good time. It, good glad, time to be alive. <laughs> I'm glad you said
2: that because there's been something good happening all along. And maybe we just need to talk more about all the good things that have happened and, and less about what's not happening. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's actually, everything's going really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, as a, as a joke myself, I said, is it normal for you to hang out with old dudes on a Friday night? <laughs> Which would be me. Um, And and I will say that I've got a friend that's like 65, 66, something like that. And he's such a good friend of mine. And I love talking to people that are, that just doesn't matter what age they are, people that have experience, something that you can gain something Mm -hmm. from hearing their stories. And uh, I can think of many a Friday nights I've hung out with this guy and still do. And he's just, what you gain from hanging around someone that may have experienced something different than you is just, it's awesome. Chris Briganti wanted to know, favorite, fool, uh, Road ah, favorite Road Fools trip in memory? Favorite Road Fools
1: trip and memory. I guess Road Fools Europe would probably be my favorite, just for obvious reasons, like what what an adventure it was to be able to just Go to Europe and travel around in a bus with some of your best friends, and just show up at spots that like seemed like you know Dusseldorf. We'd never seen that place before. Just this campus filled with brick transitions, and it That's, just seemed like seemed okay. like a magical, like mist, like m- mythical, like yeah, place. And um,
2: were you on that with Brian by chance, um, Kuchinski? No, nah, he wasn't on that trip. Someone talked about it in a podcast, and it so cool. So it was yeah. all brick, and every every uh support yeah column, the right? whole place
1: was just brick transitions you know like hips Gross. quarter pipes like and like you know i remember marcus wilkie was like oh like you know you guys might like this place like for some reason he didn't think like and we just show up and we're like oh my god like what is this place like yeah. it it looked like something just out of like a, it just wasn't real like good and good i mean especially evening. then before like no one had seen it yet you know like we're the first people like no one had written it i mean so I'm sure some people have ridden it but it wasn't like sure. over overly ridden like, right. and it just like it, you know like nothing was like stopped up blocked off or stuff. it was just yeah. like an open canvas and everything was just like every corner you turn there's just like yeah. some like natural terrain quarter pipe yeah. set up hip and there's just like yeah like I think that was just mind blowing And like I said being able to just travel around a bus in Europe and have someone like t- take you around all these amazing spots is like yeah,
2: yeah, pretty surreal. So yeah, go with that. I'll okay. go with yeah. When you do this or did those trips back then, um, were they were they organized and run by Chris Rye? Yeah, Marco Marco Masai and Chris Marco, Rye. Yeah. Okay, I always forget about Marco. Yeah, sorry Marco. I'm just so used to Chris Rye. You know, it's that's the name that I think of a lot. Anyway, Brody Butterfield from Australia. He wants to know. Tell us about your ender and stay fit. Is this the stay tire fit? Wait, what do you say? Stay fit? Uh, he said stay fit. That's weird. I feel like he means
1: holy fit. He he could. He cause, could. Cause um. Wait, wait so what? Don't what video? Wait, cause my ender and stay fit was a bar spin to ice pick a gap okay. bar spin to ice pick, which I don't think that's probably what he's talking about. Cause that's. Okay. He's probably talking about Holy Fit. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, was that fit like? Wait, what's Stay Fit? Oh no 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 no. Oh Stay Fit is the uh tail whip in Canberra, Australia. Oh, okay. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that might be what he's okay. Okay. Yeah, so Stay Fit is the tail whip in Canberra, Australia. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I mean basically that was just like um we came across this gap, um, and I like I'd it up and then I, I like got it in my head like I thought I could tail whip it um, but it's by far like the biggest like hop whip I would have ever done um, and I uh, so we went there the next day and I like I I gaffed it but um, like because there was like a set of stairs in the beginning I had to put like a little board up to like so you could get the speed skipped up that and like just did it normal and then like Daryl Taco was filming that trip and uh, I remember it being like I like gave him the nod, like, I did a gap and they were all like stoked, but I like knew in my head that I wanted something more still, you know, they just thought I wanted to do the gap. Mm-hmm. But I like had the whip in my head. And so once I did the gap and that was went fine, I was like, um, gave those like kind of give Daryl a nod. He's like, Oh, you got more? I was like, yeah, he's like, and he's like, just assuming that I wanted the bar spin and I was like, I was like, man, whip like, and he's like, Oh, shit. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> And then so I like, I just Yeah, I mean, not really that much of a story but I just I sent it like twice and the first two times my like my uh I like landed but like my feet just like blew up and like my feet were actually really sore because like you know it's a like big drop so like I landed like the first time and like both my legs kind of got sucked under my pedals and like knees like like hit the ground real hard and but you know generally I was okay and then third try third try stomped it and like every yeah so that's definitely one probably one of the tricks I'm is up there with, with yeah. me being the most psyched on in my whole right. life. Like, um, and then it's actually funny cause I was talking to some guys from Australia just last week and they were like, maybe was it, was it Boyd Hilder or maybe someone else? I don't know. But someone from Australia was like, Oh, that's actually like one of the like tourist spots. they will be like, be like, Oh, here's Ruben's wall ride. Here's Vans tail whip. Like, you know, like
2: when they go around Canberra. So yeah. Yeah. So it probably a- makes sense. That's why uh, this guy, this guy's from Australia, why he made yeah. it asking. Okay so what am i told? i'm sure i did make it up but uh what just to to help my own education on this what what video was it that you did that you did the coolest rail it's kind of like garrett reynolds did at the vans park deal but yeah i it was Um, i've done a couple i mean i've done a couple rail manuals
1: but uh like the more famous rail manuals, but none of them were actually like my enders. But because mm-hmm. I had the one in um in Criminal Mischief, like the City Hall rail, uh-huh. and then in Holy Fit, I manual the Pen rail.
2: Um, neither one of those was my ender, but like oh, both ones I'm really psyched on and psyched, yeah. you know. So I I think it's the Holy Fit one then because okay. I, it wasn't too long ago that I okay. saw it. But Skavenja uh, stems or caps? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I think they're talking about. I think they're talking about mushrooms.
1: <laughs> oh no! They, okay. There's like there's some funny thing like someone like, did also ask honestly, about mushrooms, but I took it out. <laughs> I do not get it at all. But yeah. there's like this. There's this like parody like Instagram yeah. that um, uh, and they like always have jokes about me doing mushrooms, and I I'm.
2: Was it rodeo peanut? No, nah, it's team, team weed or something. Like, team
1: weed, yeah. Okay. but I don't get it at all like which is fine yeah but, right, right. but like whatever the joke
2: is I'm not in on it so but people uh yeah so how do you you know what real quick question when you're in the the spotlight as much as you are how do you deflect stuff how do you deflect negativity or do you try to stay up to date on social media so sometimes you see I mean, fortunately, like, I don't feel like I'm surrounded by a whole lot of negativity. And even mm-hmm. something like
1: that, like, I don't think it's negative. Like, I don't, I'm like, no, I'm like, no. I'm not, I'm not in on the joke, but I don't think anybody's like, no, no, you I didn't, know. Mean, to, I didn't so, mean to say a different tangent, but yeah, 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 no, but I, um, just haters in general, just, you know, but yeah, whatever. I mean, sometimes if people, even like, if I'll post something up or like somebody, I, I kind of, if I just feel like, I feel like if it's productively Negative, like it's a, it's just a differing opinion. I'm not gonna
0: mm-hmm.
1: like delete it. But if somebody's just like being negative to be negative, I'll just mm-hmm. delete the comment. I'm not gonna get in some like argument or Instagram war with someone. I'm just kind of like in my mind. I'm just like, don't piss on my campfire. Like right. you know, like this yeah. is you know constructive criticism or like a difference of opinion. That's one thing. But if mm-hmm. someone's just being negative to be negative,
2: okay. like I just don't have time for that. You know. Yeah. That's so. and I'm sure you don't get much of it. I'm just I'm always curious about that because. um Everyone gets criticism on some level and uh, I would imagine uh, as you're, you're more recognizable like yourself, then maybe you get more and you have to find a way to just deflect it and just keep positive, I would, I would yeah. imagine. Danny Johnson. You know him. He's yeah. from Jersey, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Old race old race buddy. Well, that'll make sense with his questions. <laughs> <laughs> his question. Favorite local New Jersey track back in the day? I guess I have to go with my local Mullica Hill. This is so fast, yeah. That's why it was good
1: because you all were wimps, you were scared of the first <laughs> turn, <laughs> yeah. We had to suck
2: it up for that one weekend of the year, it was like a regional or national, we but actually, no, I
1: think like, I love that because everybody kind of did like that. First turn was always like controversial because that track was so fast, like going the, the starting hill was so big, and like, yeah, people would get murdered in that first <laughs> turn. And I think I just, yeah, I just always loved it because it was uh-huh. because of that, um, yeah. So, I think. <laughs> as far as jersey track i'd have to go with mullica hill i mean obviously like pittsburgh and Shoreham always yeah. had amazing tracks but that's like yeah. if you're going jersey i have yeah. to go with
2: mullica hill nice the mullica right. hill monster track oh my god i think the race was after over after that first turn too yeah. there wasn't much left after that yeah. oh, but that was so damn fast um type r kelly wants to know actually says first of all congratulations on the legend award now I can say that I met a legend at the K-Rob <laughs> Jam because he met you before you were given that award. Right, thank you. Um, so he, he's a Northeast guy, by the way. Pretty cool guy. Um, he also says, <laughs> craft beer or cheap beer? I, I found that out tonight. I <laughs> yeah, you what you answer want. that question. I yeah. like to keep it pretty simple. <laughs> I'm definitely not a beer snob.
1: And I, I've i gotten to the point where I like I don't even really want to waste my time like trying to order some fancy beer. I'm just like, yeah, give me a PBR, Budweiser, whatever. Like, got the Modella, simple.
2: perfect. I I've had an easier time picking our uh, IPAs than I did finding this tonight. Yeah. I was I, just like, I'm not into IPAs the, at all. They're 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 happy and heavy and yeah, you know. But um, Derek, twenty seven BMX. We kind of covered this, but if you want to comment on it, that's fine. Being the age you are now, I don't think he means this. He's not. We not don't offended. mean old. Not a fan. not offended (laughs) All right. being the age you are now do you still feel the need to impress fit but we kind of covered that Um, but whatever you want to say about it yeah no I don't
1: I think that's a good I mean I don't feel luckily I don't feel like I need to impress them I feel like um, they we've been working together for so long and like they know what I'm about they know like what my spirit is they know that I just enjoy participating in BMX and I think that like you know we're kind of synonymous, our names are synonymous with each other at this point, and I think by me just being out there and being active, I'm showing that like I believe in in the brand and that I'm part of the brand and um you know, I think it's just mutual now, and I think when that point comes where like I feel like I'm not contributing in a way that they mm-hmm. need me to then you know things will I like to think things will take like a natural trajectory to like. Mm-hmm. us moving on but at the same time like we'll always I think we'll I like to think we'll always have some sort of relationship at this point you know you've been part of it for so long and mm-hmm. I, I appreciate their support I believe in what the brand's about and right. you know so I think it's um yeah I don't think but yeah so the answer to that simply no I don't feel like I have to prove anything Um,
2: it's just like a mutual mm-hmm. Um. oh you know what? before I jump on another question I, f- I forgot to ask you about music and you can go as far into this or as short as you want but do you still play the guitar? Ah, uh, barely. I
1: mean, I, I do, like, I do mess around. Like, my, my skill set is, is very limited, but I do like to make up, like, um, I'll just make up, like, cheesy punk songs all the time, so like, I have fun with that. But, um, yeah, very pretty limited skill set when it comes to guitar, but enough to have a good time with it. So. Yeah. And you used to have a band, right? Um, I've had, like, random things here and there. like And we actually, it's funny, because we tried, so... Um, me, and my friend Jolie, and Ryan were. We had like talked for like after the Welcome Jam last year, and we're like, "Yo, we're gonna like." I think we like jammed at some like after party, and we're like, "Yo, we're gonna like." We're gonna get like a set together. We're gonna get like five or six songs. We're gonna play the Welcome Jam next year. So fast forward. Basically, all this was for like a year. Was like a group text. Like, we're gonna do. When are we gonna practice? We're we gonna do. Like, I would send them like songs sometimes. Like, I would like because eh. I would write like. I would write songs and I would like send them to them and they were like, Oh fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. But like, they yeah. never like actually learned them or anything. Okay. So then, so then like, like Wurt lives in like Michigan and Jolie lives in Pittsburgh oh, and I'm God. in Philly. So we're like, we're thinking like, so finally it gets down the wire where we're like, all right, well like, yo, we'll just meet up. Like we these are all like really basic songs. Like we'll be able to learn them really quick and we'll meet up like right before the welcome jam. as long as we get like a a day's practice like we'll be alright like five or six songs we'll be fine (laughs) so so then then I end up having this like thing I have to do in North Carolina Mm -hmm. so I'm able to stop in Pittsburgh on the way down there because I had to also help like build some of the ramps for Uncovered so I stop and have a practice with her like she's the bass player Uh and we have like one prac one hour long practice me and her and Wurtz like 'Cause we were like, I was like, oh I'm not gonna be able to do it now because I gotta go to North Carolina. And they like, they're like, and then I was like, I'll be able to stop through Pittsburgh on a Wednesday, I could practice with Joe Lee and uh-huh. where it's just like, oh, yeah, as long as you guys know songs, I'll be fine, like playing the drums. <laughs> so long story short, we play the welcome jam. Yeah. Literally, it's basically like a crowd of people watching our first practice. <laughs> and it was a disaster. But somehow, like, was still amazing. Everybody was still so psyched and supportive, and like, it was a, it was a blast. But it would have been more fun if we actually had our shit dialed. But it was still a good time. So, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: did you? So that's when Bobby Valentine played, right? So yeah, his, but
1: so Bobby Jolie is Bobby Valentine's wife. Oh. Who are, like okay. she's she like they have a band together like yeah. Bobby and Jolie have a band together and yeah. um, but yeah, she's like into a lot of like all the same like pop punk stuff like yeah. we're all into. So like yeah, it's um. Like yeah, she was bass player, and then Ryan uh-huh. were on the drums. But yeah, so we still have a dream of one day actually like dialing in a few songs, but it'll
2: probably never happen. <laughs> Not, <for> th- <laughs> Not for two more years anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, I got that. So, in just uh, favorite type of music, just favorite genre of music. Um, I like I still like a lot of old
1: like, still kind of stuck in my old ways so i listen to like a lot of old like pop punk stuff but then like mm-hmm. you know i've I've gotten into a lot of other type stuff like almost like alternative country mm-hmm. uh, type stuff and uh
2: yeah I, I don't know i think i have a like pretty broad spectrum but uh i think that's yeah. the way to be uh boop droop he wants to know weirdest party story from your first house <laughs> and you know what I, I do want to ask you I'm going to knock two off at once uh, someone asked about this must be the house that had a ramp in it yeah maybe um, oh yeah Charles Atkins wanted to know what happened to your old house with the ramp in the garage um, um, so anyway those two two questions you weirdest party story man
1: um, I don't know like this probably isn't the best one but the one that's like coming to my mind is when we had like We had, like, had a party for the Megator guys coming through. And then I remember they were doing that, like, maid show, like, for... MTV. With that MTV, that girl that was, like, learning to ride. And, like, Large Ray was, like, teaching her. Like, so, like, her and all her friends ended up being, like, at this party that they probably definitely should not have been at. Uh And I remember, like, they were all, like, young. They were, like, all underage. And, like, they weren't drinking or anything, but, like... I remember like one of the dads like just coming up like livid like and like just taking his daughter out of there and being like so angry. And I remember being super weird. It like really bummed me out the whole thing because like even to this day people were like, Oh yeah, that MTV party you guys had And I was like, It was a, it was for Megator. Like they just like piggybacked on so the party, kidding. like you know, and like I, I like still like so that was like that might not be the best party story, but it's probably the weirdest party story. Uh-huh. Um, it was just like the most bizarre thing that they were there like filming the show like at at our, at our the party, you know. It just, yeah, yeah. It, it was weird. It was weird. So weird. Um, but yeah, that house, like I lived in that house for about three years before I like moved back to Jersey and started 2x4 and stuff, but that was a really fun era because I got to just like live out a lot of like childhood dreams, building ramps in my garage and building yeah. a giant mini in the side yard and so... No, that house was rad. A lot of good memories. Playing poker all night, every night. this like, <laughs> is good. So,
2: wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so uh, Luke Gaunt 82 who would win in an arm wrestle now? You, Nasty, or Osato? Dave Osato, Corey Osato, I think Nasty's still got us all covered. He's diesel all the time. Yeah, like he's, he's ripped. I don't think he, any of us have a chance against him. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just hand them the title. Uh Northeast Bad Boys. I don't know what this means, but these guys are always funny and on point. So anyway, Nick Foles or Carson Wentz. <laughs> Whoever whoever's
1: whoever's in at the time. is go Birds.
2: <laughs> is this about Eagles? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't watch a lot of football. <laughs> Apparently not. You have the last you got the Super Bowl, so yeah. I know that much. <laughs> so there's not really much argument here, I think. Yeah. Um, Pet Lear wants to know what your fondest memory is of of riding ASS just s, S, riding ASS back in the day oh man just um where was that by the way
1: uh, that was in Tom's River New Jersey that was the skate park in Tom's River where like Garrett Burns like grew up riding or not grew up riding but like that was when he was young like yeah um yeah I mean just uh a lot of good sessions there and definitely like Learned a lot there, uh, kind of like the early phases of of my like riding ramps and things. So like, um, you know, me and Garrett just riding there all night, and I, I um. Brad Gethard, maybe. I can remember, yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember like, I remember like, I remember, like pe- the Pennywise bro him, and like then that like maybe like a lag wagon was it cover of Brown Eyed Girl yeah. where like played like every other song <laughs> to the point where you like you like still kind of loved it, but you also hated it, and then. Right. Um, yeah so many good just so many good <laughs> sessions there like late night sessions with Garrett and like mm. them like letting us stay late like um yeah. so yeah that's uh I, tr- I mean I wish I could pinpoint a more specific memory than that but uh yeah it's so many so many good ones so many good contests there too like they'd have the two hip contest there and I remember like you know like me and Garrett like entering like the amateur class the one year and just being like watching yeah all the pro dudes like ride and be like man we could have hung we could have been in there and then like next year entering pro and actually doing good yeah so it's like yeah it's good a lot of good memories there you get like lucky to have like it's weird you don't like think about how young you were when you were like in it you know like it still just just feels like yesterday in a way it's like super weird weird, but
2: I promise you, and we'll keep you uh, keep uh,
1: i'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about the person listening right now.
2: oh, you kidding, we've gone <laughs> I think it, it's morphed into like craziness, uh Trey Jones, when I did him at Wheelmill, like he he wanted the record for the longest podcast <laughs> so so we're going, he's like, what time are we at? what time are we at because he he really could talk all night um and we got it like just through a normal conversation it was over 3 hours it was like 3.15 something like that but then I did Garrett and we were almost 5 hours 5 hours? oh shit yeah oh my god you know Garrett that guy has when he wants to he has a lot to tell so let's wrap this shit up no 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 no, no. we're not doing 5 hours we're not doing (laughs) 5 hours no but so I split it into two because no one wants to listen for 5 hours I I believe no one wants to so we split it up and He's the most downloaded one yet. Like over 5,000 people have downloaded that one. Which is awesome because Garrett's got a great story. As you do. So, it's... um, If it gets to the point where it's getting long, I just split it into two. That's all. Cool. You know what I mean? Because a lot of these people that ask questions, to be quite honest, they'll never have a chance to ask you that question. And that's why it's so important for me to say it's like a community effort. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because i don 't pretend to know everything as you 've as i 've already proven to you like i don 't pretend to know everything, so it 's really nice to have the community involved asking good questions from the era and and to have details so I can learn at the same time that you 're telling the story back to them so uh, people have really loved being part of something like this so again we 're extending that that bmx community and where it 's another venue, like another avenue. Mm-hmm. To keep people psyched on it and um, so that's why I do a lot of questions from from uh, followers so anyway cool uh Kyle H- Hibbard wildest fbm comp you've ever been to I think I know the answer to this I think. Um, I mean I think just the um
1: the old ghetto comps it's easy to like bring those up um, yeah those those are amazing and I like always remember like the one moment where i was like trying to feeble up whip and i like kept crashing eating shit and like one like crash was particularly hard uh-huh. and like the crowd everybody got kind of silent and they were like um looking like oh is he okay and like I, as i'm like laying there in a ball like like montel williams like this is how we do it <laughs> like kicks on and i just like i just like jump up and start dancing <laughs> to like montel williams and those contests were always so good and but that's what's awesome is like on like smaller levels, like Crandall just continues to like, just like bring the people together and like keep putting on events. So I've yeah. been to like so many things that like he gets behind and makes yeah. happen. And it's like, so it's like, it's
2: good. It's like, it just doesn't stop. Right. It's amazing. Right. I give him so much credit. He's, he's done so much. I can't wait to go to this year's at, um, in Richmond cause I missed last year and it, it was rad. I mean, with you there, uh, Dan Foley maybe is he the one that was like skying crazy heights? Dan um, was yeah I guess Dan and Cody and Cody was, yeah. it, was it between those two for higher? Yeah. yeah yeah it was between those two but it looks so rad unlike this makeshift yeah and that was a fun fun Cody. jam so cool but Steve's awesome uh, he, he he really is all right Jeff from Keystone uh, Keystone Rampworks in Pennsylvania Jim Salinsky. So Jim still invented f up. Grinds. <laughs> he's
1: making, he's making a joke off of a Road as I know what it is. What's it say? Let me see you know, Pat. What's he say? He says Jim C. Right there. I'll Last one. Right. If you can yeah. read it. It's a, he's he's quoting something from Road Fool Seven because I would say Jim C does all these fucked up grinds on little rails, but he won't take them to real rails. So today right. Jim C was a man right. and did it on a real rail. Yeah. And um, In
2: you know, Road Fool Seven, he said yeah
1: so I mean I don't know I don't think Jim C had, actually I saw Jim C had like just jumped on a handrail for like the first time in like five years I think he said on his Instagram so it's good to see him riding again and wow. yeah nice so um, he's just but yeah he's just he's just reminiscent of old
2: corny yeah. quotes <laughs>
1: from Rose Bowl's videos
2: uh, uh, Josh McElwee you're the only person I can recall who does rail manuals by jumping straight over the rail and down rather than approaching it from the side did this come about naturally when you learn them or did it become a stylistic approach once you learn them from the side what's up josh first of all josh is an amazing photographer
1: amazing dude um cool but um yeah i um so it started like i think at first it was like a trick in itself like i was like oh i'm gonna do a straight over rail manual and i found like you know i think there's like a wide rail in like delaware like was was my first one that i did like straight over and i like considered that like a trick in itself but then it just kind of like got to a point where it was like case by case basis like depending on the setup you know like because in a way like sometimes it would be harder to get on them but like i felt safer doing them straight on sometimes because i felt like i could like line up better and then like if I missed it was like I didn't wasn't like calling ass already I was like so it was like a slower crash <laughs> yeah. so even though it's almost been like viewed as like harder sometimes and sometimes it is like sometimes it's definitely like part of the trick but like yeah I guess it was just a case by case basis depending on the setup and like depending mm-hmm. on what I was trying to get out of it but it yeah it started as like a separate thing where I was like oh I'm gonna do a straight over rail manual but then it almost like got be like this weird like comfort thing where like depending on the setup I'd almost like rather do it that way so
2: right I don't know just yeah it's hard to yeah that's pretty much all right Matt Pierre 86 I wants to know how many times you've been knocked out do you count these things how many times I've been knocked out um
1: she's yeah I mean I don't know exactly um at least I mean I've had at least like five or six pretty serious concussions, but yeah. um like uh yeah, I had like a bad one in like two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Has it been that long ago now? God, was it really that long ago? Yeah. Yeah, it was I think. Wow. So like ever since then Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah. Um Um, so like I like was in the i was in icu for like four days in the hospital for a week and um like wow. had like ble- had, i cracked my skull and had bleeding on the brain and, and stuff mm-hmm. and like it's actually crazy because i didn't even get actually knocked out on that mm-hmm. one like so crazy to think how like that was by far the most serious one super scary one and i like wasn't even actually ever pet knocked out and uh uh-huh. but like I pretty much ever since that one it's like um I, like, never ride without a helmet ever since that crash. And it's, like, kind of silly that we have to learn the hard way sometimes. And, like, I'm never one to, like, try to preach. But it's, like, sure. sometimes just seeing what, like, you know, we've seen friends, like, have life-changing injuries. And we're, like, damn, like, how are we, like, you know? But, you know, I get it. I'm, I'm especially, like, street, I understand. It's, like, you don't, but, like, I, I don't ride anything without a helmet anymore. And, and feel kind of silly to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that's... Yeah, that's that. What else you got?
2: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Mark Melville. (laughs) This is kind of a funny one. Uh, Why did you give me that old-ass PBR sign at your garage sale years ago? I remember going to your place (laughs) ages ago with Ricky Bates and other pals and saw it hanging above the stairs in your basement. Uh, (laughs) Because you're the man, Mark, and you like the sign, so I gave it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Mark is the man. Uh, Let's see. All right, Bob Hammond, the one video clip of all of yours—road rules, video parts, web edits, etc. That you're most proud of. So just the one clip you're most proud of. A single clip, or a, yeah, if you can.
1: Um, that's that's hard to narrow down, but I might have to say the pen rail manual, just because it's like one of those things that like, that's a rail that like, you know, went to probably for the first time and jumped pegs on when I was like sixteen and like you know then like you start to like figure out like rail manuals and it's like something like i remember joking about it like even then and being like like oh that'd be funny to do that like and you're not even serious it just seems impossible you know and then like getting to a point where you're like damn like maybe that could actually happen and then going from that to like making it a reality especially with like some of the circumstances that took place that day there was like like basically like I was only gonna get one try at that thing you know and it's like there was like people setting up tents at the bottom and like I like told Stu I was like I like already knew like this is before I even knew they were like setting up tents for like some festival or something but I knew that spot can be a bit of a bust sometimes Mm -hmm. so I was like hey like you go get set up you let me know when you're good I'm gonna like warm up over here and I'm gonna give it one look and then I'm gonna start trying it like who knows how many tries I'll get you know Right, and then he calls me he's like hey we're all set up but they're setting up all these tents and blah 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 blah." Right. so I like come over on my feet kind of scope it out and he's like what do you think he's like I, was like, I don't know man I was like, he's like well we're all set up if you want to but like you know I was like ah fuck it maybe I'll get a couple goes at it before we get the yeah. move and like one try worked out first try so like it just like just how long that one had been like there's stuff that I might be more psyched on if, but like just how long that had been like something that i dreamed about like literally started as a dream like not even like remotely seriously considering it like and then to go from that to like being to doing it in real life is pretty cool so
2: yeah that's awesome uh let's see Mm -hmm. matt Hovermill, you've been riding at a high level for so long and have stayed uh relevant regardless of current trends what motivates you to keep moving forward I don't know man I like
1: honestly I think I just I just love BMX you know I love riding and like I go through different phases where I'll be like in a street for a while or then I want to ride dirt for a while or like parks or like and I think that helps keep my like spark alive too I always sometimes when I see people that like only ride street or only ride this kind of like I like wonder like how they stay interested you yeah. know um, yeah. but so like I think part of like that keeps my like motivation going is just like riding everything is and just like uh huh being stoked on riding everything. I think I'd get bored if I like only rode like one type of thing. Like if I only rode street or only rode trails. I think I'd like. I think I'd get sick of it. Yeah, right. So being able to mix it
2: up and move around and mm-hmm. keeps keeps the spirit alive for me. Makes perfect sense. Uh, Daniel Hines' favorite road fools. Uh, favorite road fools was seven when you tail oh his favorite road fools was seven, when you tail whip the Kona Snake Gap have you been there since and then he also mentions joe tizio all right rest in peace a good friend of yours was his riding in that video ahead of his time um
1: well thank you yeah that was road full seven was a good one i I have been back to the kona gap um and i always love cruising that snake run hitting the hips so um yeah always have a blast at kona and uh yeah joe uh, rest in peace um that was a good trip with him. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe, I think, was definitely ahead of his time, especially with, like, a lot of the bar spin stuff he was doing and things like that. And, uh, yeah, just an amazing rider, amazing human, amazing style. And Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunate
2: that we lost him early.
1: But, um, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, amazing dude. Chris Piz, you probably know him from, is he from Philly or, or Jersey? I know he hangs around Philly, right? Yeah. Chris that? Piz? Chris Piz he's, he, um, I think he does shows with Corey Bergler, sometimes. Uh, he's kind of affiliate with the Scotty Kramer crew. Okay. Rides FDR a lot. No. You're gonna put me on the spot
1: here, Jeff <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Maybe I shouldn't know who he is, and now I don't. Now you just made everyone you know that I don't know who he is. <laughs> then, we're, then we're even because I didn't know shit about the last thing you were talking about. <laughs>
2: we're even. All right, let's get to his question. Screw that. (laughs) Chris, I love you. Um, And he is a super positive guy, by the way. He's like really, really super positive. Anyway, favorite contest to judge at? uh, Where the stoke is the highest? What contest would you like to attend riding or judging that you haven't yet? A couple different questions there. Favorite contest to judge at? You want to start with that? that's a tough question because i i really enjoy
1: judging the feast contest from the standpoint of like it's like with just like the points race and like things like that it like almost gets like almost like watching a sporting event where you're like oh what's gonna happen who's gonna come at like who's gonna get this one or who's gonna step up and like you know get it done under pressure so like in that regard that's kind of fun but then like also, like judging Battle Hastings last weekend was absolutely amazing because, especially because you don't feel any like, um, you know, some more serious contests, you feel like this, like you kind of have to, like, you know, keep your like emotions in a little bit so that you're not influencing other judges or you're not like looking like you're showing favoritism or anything. Yeah, yeah. But like Battle Hastings is just loose and fun, and you can like, you can like lose your shit, <laughs> slap your books like your clipboard on whatever you want, and like lose your mind. So that's fun. But at the same time, When I'm judging Battle of Hastings, I'm like, I want to be out there, you know, like I want to be riding. So it's like, it's like as much as I like judging it, it's almost like I'd rather be
2: riding. So that's like a challenge, um, mentally. And then um, what was the what was the last? Well, well, that kind of goes with uh, the contest you'd like to attend, riding or judging that you have. What haven't that I
1: haven't been to? But like, um, I guess maybe like Malaga would be like the. I actually wish I could be in Spain next weekend for like the Malaga Vans mm -hmm. contest. uh, I've kind of like because of my like travel schedule and like financial limitations, I haven't been able to go to as many of those events as I would like to. Uh-huh. I like usually go to the regional qualifier at Woodward and riding that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely like that's probably one that would be like as far as ones that I've haven't ridden in that I would want to ride in. It would probably be like like the Vans, you yeah, know, a comp in
2: Malaga. So yeah, they're doing such an awesome job with that series. It's amazing. Yeah. Um... Well, out of those, uh, where's the stoke the highest that you've seen so
1: far that you've judged? I mean, Battle of Hastings is like Hands. one of the best events happening yeah. right now and like it's... Yeah, the energy there is just unbelievable. You can't... It's just an entire weekend of, of BMX and like like, just great energy, great riding and like mix of like collaboration of like different style
2: riders and yeah, it's it's hard to beat that one right now. Yeah. I've got to get that. That looks everything I've seen just makes it it just looks so good. And that place is a unique place. It's like underground, right? Yeah, it's like an underground.
1: And I mean the way that mezzanine is, it just kind of makes it like a gladiator like situation. Yeah. It's like the best,
2: best like venue. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh Sam uh Sam Duran wants to know, tail whipping the wrong way, question mark. Um, is there a wrong way to tail whip? Well, I just do my whips,
1: like, I, I kick, I I kick the wrong way, like, usually people that ride left foot forward would kick them the other way, so I do, like, forward footed whips, so it kind of gives them, like, sort of a unique style, so it just kind of, like, it's just how I learned them, like, honestly, I trace it back, this is gonna sound crazy, but I trace it back to, like, learning one footers, like, I literally, I just felt more comfortable taking, like, my right foot off, so then when I learned can-cans, I, like, you know with your can-can that way mm-hmm. so then when i learned like can-cans like foot jam tail whips like just on flat ground yeah i would do a can-can put my like and i would like come the long way because i would like take my oh, back God. foot and put it in the tire and then kick yeah. my whips yeah so then when i started learning tail whips i didn't even really know there was like a right or wrong way that's just the way i like started trying them right and then yeah the,
2: the rest is, the rest is history yeah huh so People think about this stuff. I'm amazing. I'm amazed at the detail that uh, that people watch for in videos. <laughs> well, it really does create like the forward-footed whips. It really does like,
1: like people that do them that way, like Taj and some mm-hmm. others. It really does like create like a, a a totally different style. Like your whips end up looking like completely different. Yeah. Like, so it's like, yeah. I'm stoked that I do them that way.
2: Yeah. It just kind of stands out a little bit. I think.
1: So. Right. It wasn't intentional, but <laughs> I'll take it
2: uh chad curtis how did the derek duster come about um where you were derek the first to do it that's a good story actually so um so probably
1: around like talking about derek adams yeah so okay. derek adams so probably around like 2000 um we would ride the boards and blades park skate park all the time um mm-hmm. in like just outside of, like, Westchester, Pennsylvania. I forget, like, what the actual town was. But, yeah, yeah. so we would ride there all the time. They'd have, like, bike nights, like, a few nights a week, and we'd go to everyone. Like, it's actually one of the places I, like, really learned to, like, figure out ramps, like, learning, like, wall rides and, like, air Mm -hmm. tricks and everything. And um, so he was just trying, like, ice pick grinds on this, like, little flat rail one one night. And he, like, accidentally, like, went into a derrick Duster. And, like, I don't think he, I think he, like, crashed, but he, like, he, like, felt it for a second. He was like, whoa, like... And so then he, like, said it to me. He was like, hey, like, I kind of accidentally, like, ended up in this grind, but I think it would work, you know? And I was like, I was like, yeah. So, like, he showed me, and then I, that got my wheels turning. Yeah. So then I started, like, like, then I started trying it on things, and I like, yeah. tried it on some skate park rails, and I did a rail, and then, like, I think Pico Rail was the first, like, real rail that I pulled one on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, then I just, like, took it. And then, like, the name came about because, so there's... <laughs> there's this guy named Dave Fox who's like a really good tattoo artist but he like he used to ride for Schwinn like in the 80s and like uh-huh. arguably may have been the first person to do an ice pick grind on a handrail okay and he was like but he was also a flatlander yeah and there was like a trick called the Carl Cruiser I guess I don't even know but I guess there's a trick called the Carl Cruiser and then Dave invented a backwards Carl Cruiser which was called the Dave Duster so then when we like invented this trick that just became the joke we ended up calling it the Derek Duster and now it's like just hilarious that like 20 years later like people still call this thing the Duster Grind or the Derek Duster like with no knowledge of like how it came up just some stupid basically just naming some stupid name because we thought it was funny right and like I love like Seeing that like it's still called that like the name stuck, you know, like and I love seeing when people started It's still not like a common grind But like when more people started to do it where it became like kind of legitimate trick I was like, oh, this is like a real trick now This isn't just some like weird thing that I did one time Like people are actually doing this and like doing them backwards and like taking it to like different obstacles and like it was kind of cool So yeah, that's that's how the Derek Duster
2: came to life. That's awesome Um how much older is Derek than you? He's got to be in his his early forties. Yeah, he's, he's at least a few years older than me. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, Alter Your Alter wants to know favorite memories of Magic Park and how did you air out of that crazy bowl?
1: <laughs> um, Magic Park was amazing. I mean, that was one of the first places. I mean, I when I was old enough to like just start jumping in the van with with like other riders and going little trips and stuff. That was like Derek Adams actually took us to Magic and it was. You know that's when it was like already past its prime and abandoned and like you know but they were like this kind of like asphalt trails you know and then as we started riding more ramps we got like really into that bowl and um you know i was like really into pools and stuff so anything with like a lot of character i got really like psyched on trying to figure out how to ride it and how to like um you know just ride stuff that was unique or had like interesting transitions and like uh-huh. I was really psyched on riding stuff like that I didn't want to ride the perfect quarter pipe I wanted to find like something that was like yeah. more of a challenge and um yeah like I said had had a little more character to it so like yeah that's why I would like ride that bowl up all the time and try to figure out lines
2: in it and yeah. yeah so yeah where was that by the way Riding Magic Park Riding Pennsylvania oh okay yeah. uh Leonardo TW wants to know what would you do if you that's kind of sad <laughs> What would you do if you if you wouldn't be able to ride BMX for the rest of your little life? What would be your your second choice? If I don't know. I mean, it's hard to like. Again, it's like it's
1: hard to imagine who you'd be if like I wasn't a BMXer. Um, but you know, you see people like struggle with different injuries, like sure, you know, and like they express themselves through art or through like. You know someone like Taj would like doing like other types of bicycles or like things like that so I think like you know I think I would I would find a way to express myself and and um enjoy my life Mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's it's hard to say but yeah you just you just find like another outlet another form of expression and
2: Mm -hmm. um but yeah I couldn't pin down exactly what that would be yeah I I don't think there's a need to I think that's that's good that you would you feel like you could find something else you know I think if you interview. stay positive, you know like you
1: you find that outlet i mean I think mm-hmm. like i mean obviously this like an unfortunate and extreme case of this, but like you see like Scotty Kramer and like how positive he is and how much he's giving back to b m x even after like you know a pretty serious injury, so it's like that's pretty inspiring to see and like mm-hmm. kind of know that like like whether it's on like a minor scale where you just you're getting older and your knees are killing you like mine are starting to or you know you have something as unfortunate as that like I think you you find
2: you know if you stay positive you find a way to Mm -hmm. to contribute and follow your passions Dirt Lightning wants to know how much bigger can we expect your helmet to get (laughs) what's up Bert (laughs) oh this is Bert from Richmond yeah Uh, oh right. really that was Bert I don't know, Billy. Billy!
1: My helmet might get pretty big. Let me see. Let's see what we got up there. Maybe that bubble shield, huh? Hell yeah. You might be able to introduce that to the VMX. Nice. I, I've i never rocked a bubble shield on the VMX, so maybe that's next. Oh, that's so
2: awesome. <laughs> oh, God. I did meet Bert when I went to Richmond the last time. That guy's a character, yeah, huh? He's the man. Oh, man. I think Crandall said like qualifying was at Bird's the night before the champs. <laughs> <laughs> <is it>? um, <laughs>
1: oh, I love the play on words with the with the Burt. Yeah, um, King of Burt, <laughs> King of Burt.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Gary wants to know a trick that scared you the most.
1: Um, ooh, I don't know. Some gap the rails that scared me quite a bit over the years. Um, like I don't know if he means just like a
2: trick in general or like a specific like set up. Um I'd i uh he didn't write it this way but I think the setup is key, I think. You know, because you could whip on the ground. Yeah. But you could whip over a, a rail that's just insane. Yeah. yeah. Um Man. So yeah, let's go with setup. It's tough. Uh, I
1: mean I mean it's so weird too because like there's been things over the years that have like scared me a lot that like I probably shouldn't have been scared of and then things that I was probably overly confident on like so sometimes it just depends on your mood but like I think like I mean the manual gap to rail and criminal mischief like my ender and that is definitely up there and then um, you know just like a lot of gap to rails like one of the gap to rails I did in Salt Lake City that was not Holy Fit definitely like had me like had me a bit spooked so Mm -hmm. man I'm having a hard time nailing it down but there's a couple that that I'm probably forgetting some some but right I remember being pretty scared of like the the gap to ice pick on the dumpster that was in criminal mischief Um, that's a random one but yeah I remember being
2: like yeah scared of that one Um,
1: I'm not sure
2: (laughs) that's right we just a shout out to Brandon Eccles he wanted to know your favorite parts and videos past and present or if you if you have an answer for it. We talked about so many yeah video um, clips. It's,
1: it's I think there's a couple things that stand out. I mean, like, mm-hmm. Holy Fit is definitely, like, one of the video parts I'm the most proud of. Because I, like, like I said earlier, like, just because of, like, that was, as I was getting... It, it kind of, like, it was a conscious decision to make the best video part I could, like, one right. more time. You know, and, like, work with someone that was going to put as much passion into it as I could. And then... um you know, there's a lot of, like, random edits and things that I've put out over the years. But I actually did a thing with Bell Helmets a few years ago. Um, and it was with my dad and my grandfather, like, who both used to race boats. And, like, my grandfather used to race boats. And he, like, like actually set some world records, like, in the 50s really? um, racing boats. And he, like, wore a Bell, a bell Helmet back then. Yeah. Um, so kind of like a little documentary piece called... Um, uh, it's um, it called uh, In the Beginning so if you like Google that like In the Beginning Van Homan um, it's just like a short documentary like kind of like you know connecting like what my father and what my grandfather did to sort of like my mentality as a writer I think and uh, you know it was like a really cool piece to be able to work on especially like um, I remember us having the idea and um, you know like we were kind of like dragging our feet a little bit and I was like I was like hey Cosman, like let's 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 do this because my grandfather's not young you know and like you know like he's in good health at the moment but like who knows and like mm-hmm. you know I'm so glad we did that now because like I mean you know he was still good for a few years but like he's now passed you know so like yeah. to be able to have done that project and like have that like is is pretty awesome so I think like as just kind of like a smaller like it just that one like that one's just special to me like even though like you know I didn't put anything into it as far as like you Know my riding aspect, but just like mm. to be able to do a piece like that with my father and my grandfather, and like you know, kind of connect like what my family where my influence comes from was pretty cool. So
2: that's awesome. I am gonna look that up because I think it's pretty cool to have three generations for one, but have that connection that's 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 a huge connection, yeah, and and one that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, is your dad pretty involved with what you do? Like, as far as does, does he uh does he watch what you're up to? Yeah, yeah. Talk I mean, to especially like in my race days, like my dad was like really active
1: and like really supportive right. of my riding. Um, you know, he would always know like uh, he, you know, obviously he took me to all the races and was just mm-hmm. like supportive. And then he would always know like always like keep track of the points and stuff. Like he would like, you know, like if I was, you know, he would know what I needed. Like he if if it's the grands, and yeah. he'd be like, yo, you need you need top four to get the title don't take yourself out trying to get second or what you know what I mean like if you're like you know don't crash trying to win because you only need top four like so he would
2: like always know that stuff which was pretty cool you know that's awesome so he was a numbers man huh yeah Uh, I'm gonna finish it on this finish the question part on this one Um, friend of mine from up in the northeast Kyle Erickson what do you like most mania rail or no foot can on a curb cut and he said, thank you for riding with me on my 30th birthday at the wheel mill. Yeah. <laughs> I um, yeah. Always love riding the wheel mill. Um, yeah, I think it just
1: it just depends on my mood. Like I said, I go through different phases and like there's nothing that like compares to the feeling of like when you when you're scared of something and you kind of like there's some things that just feel good, like you envision like not ju- it's not just the fact of riding away from it. That's a huge part of it because you're like challenged and like, but then also like there's some things you're only going to do once, but like, so you kind of embrace like what it feels like to do that, like that, that one time, like, cause you're not going to like, it's like a scary thing or a risky thing. So You're not going to keep sending it, but it's still like something that like feels fun. And like, I like envisioning that trick and like, Oh, this is what it's going to feel like when I, when I do it. And like, then you like, you get that feeling and you ride away and there's a, like, there's that sense of, like, accomplishment, which is huge, but then also that feeling of, like, well, I got to experience that, if that makes sense in a weird way, like, um, you know, it's like something like a tabletop, like, that's an amazing feeling, but you'll, like, you'll do that all day long, and just keep getting that feeling, you know, like, where, with some of these, like, more scary, more challenging things, it's like, no, you're only gonna get that once, right, you know, but if, in my mind, some of those things feel just as good as a tabletop, like, like yeah. a crazy gap to rail or something. It's like, whoa, that feels awesome. But like, I'm not gonna keep risking that like over and over and over. Like, but that's also why you're always looking for that next thing that like yeah. brings that same feeling. So it's, um, yeah, I guess it just depends. Like, I, like I said, I like to ride a lot of different things. So it all depends on my mood. Sometimes just cruising the park is like what I
2: the, what I want out of it. And other times like scaring myself through. Do you have much variety around? Here? Uh, Fairly close to here. I know you have FDR, but uh, what are the other spots that you'd normally... Well, aside from street, because Yeah, I mean, there's
1: here, a lot of street around here, obviously. And then FDR is, like, one of my favorite places in the world to ride. But to be honest, sometimes, like, I travel so much that, like, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't even ride, like, at home all that much. Like, right. I'm just always on the road. So it's like... Like, home time is almost like recovery time sometimes. So, right. Like, when, when have you gotten to ride trails last? Um, oh, your jam. was the last time I rode your jam. <laughs> oh, you, you do? Um, That's month. But I haven't ridden. I didn't see all the footage. Well, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, so you a good got that right there. The but, there. Uh, yeah, I haven't ridden a ton of trails this summer, like, exactly. exactly. And I'm just always traveling, so I kind of ride. I had a really good session, actually, earlier this year in Hiroshima with daryl Naw. Really good trail session out there, which was a pretty nice. amazing experience to ride some trails in Japan with uh, mm-hmm. an old
2: old buddy. So, uh Dero's the best. That jam he's doing right now is pretty wild. That's awesome. Looks like there's a lot of going, a lot of stuff going on there. All right, let's well, last of the questions. Again, thank you, Power Spike Shop, for sponsoring the podcast. And uh, and I just want to hear uh, from you. you got two events coming up, right, before you move? Uh, yeah, so... Fees I'm, events?
1: Yeah, so my... um my No, not fees events. Um, I'm going... So my schedule is insane right now. So I have like a couple of weeks to get ready to get everything sorted out for the big move to Japan. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of this, um, so last year, the first thing on the horizon, which will be a fun one mm-hmm. is last year we went to the Woodward at Riviera Maya, Mexico mm-hmm. at the hard rock resort there. And we did a bunch of us did uh, demos for the grand opening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, to thank us for doing this, the, the demos, they gave us a four day, three night stay, all inclusive stay at the Hard Rock Resort in, in uh, wow. Riviera Maya. So that was like coming, like was going to expire soon. So yeah. I was like, oh, we got to use this before I like go away, move away. So like yeah. at the end of the month you and my lady are going to take a little a little vacation there uh-huh. and then right after that i go to argentina to judge the youth olympic games and i'm home for two days then i go to sydney to judge the sydney x games then i'm home for three days and then i move to japan oh, <laughs> and then unfortunately because of my like it the timeline is so close like i would love to be at the feast um and uci world championships in china but um I will be, like, I'll just be getting to Japan, so I just need to get settled in, get my stuff sorted there, but then yeah. then I should be at most of those events from there on out, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to miss that one, just, like, too much, too much, like, going right. on, I need to get, like, settled into my new role, settled into Tokyo, and just get, like, sure. yeah, it's just, like, so, yeah,
2: On How um, busy, schedule, a, busy schedule, busy schedule. You're not kidding, you just <laughs> rattled off, like, completely different continents all in a row. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, so just a quick question the, the feast events um, there's obviously more coming up before the before the points are tallied. Well this and will like actually be shows. actually the one in China
1: that I'm gonna miss that'll be the first one that starts counting towards earning points into for
2: the Olympics. Gotcha. So, so there's many more to go. When do they, when when do the points get, when's the finish for the points? Of the I'm not Which sure, probably there?
1: probably that same event in, in like, October, November of 2019 is probably the last event, but don't hold me to that.
2: No, no, it makes sense, because yeah. that would give all the national teams a chance to, yeah. you know, a good, what, five or six months to prepare. For the games, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Will you be judging, too?
1: Uh, Probably not. I mean, I'm going to be judging a lot of the feast events, and maybe, I mean, I would assume that I'll be busy with other obligations for the actual games themselves, oh. but... um. Not impossible, so um, right. you know, still a lot to be figured out. So, mm-hmm. I'd say unlikely, but not impossible.
2: That is it. Just if you want to shout out your
1: sponsors or anything you you anything you want to, want to say before we wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, I mean just that. I mean, like I said earlier, just with um, you know, Fit and Bell and Duo and G-Sport, like you know, still supporting me and believing what I do and just allowing me to be able to like keep this dream alive and travel the world riding my bike. It's um and just all the opportunities that like. Get, um, you know, the, with uh, Bart and Johan at Feast and Matt with X Game stuff and, um, you know, like the Source guys getting me over to Battle Hastings and, um, you know, Risto at Simple Session, like all these amazing events and just, like, you know, allowing me to be part of them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just stoked. And then just anybody who's puts on a jam or picks up a hammer or a shovel, thank you.
2: I'll do it. I'll wrap it.
1: Yeah, I think that was a perfect way. Yeah, let's get yeah, some yeah.
2: let's get some spaghetti. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Van. I Thank appreciate you. it.